0: We have long kind of dealt with the uh, trifecta, quadfecta, kind of technically of PlayStation versus Xbox versus PC, and Nintendo's off, kind of doing its own thing, but occasionally gets games we all want to play. What if I told yeah, you plat- there was a fifth contender entering the ring?
1: Ooh, platform wars! I, I love new- platform wars.
0: A new
2: challenger has entered the game,
0: and it's not Stadia. Hmm. Like,
2: what? I thought we were talking about Stadia. What is it?
0: Uh, it's it's Tesla's in in dash navigation system.
2: Oh yeah, I heard about that. Woo!
0: Fucking Elon <laughs> Musk got Cuphead running on the inboard nav system of a goddamn Tesla. It's
1: like okay, thank Musk, you, base. Musk. Really, just does stuff because he can. He really does. I, it's. You know, the car in space is, has to be the most, you know, classic example, but...
0: Yeah, after you put a car in space, you put Cuphead in a car. It's, it's pretty simple, yeah.
1: Yeah, the math works out, yeah. Uh,
0: thank you, base Elon. Sure. So... I, I, I may be alone a, in so- this, but, like, I, I actively follow, not Elon Musk, but the people, like, doing bizarre bullshit hacks to their computers to install shit like this, like, I i've seen doom running on a tesla i think at one point i think i saw like this is not new to me because it's just a little screen technically but the, the, yeah i, I but keep putting it it's to
1: yeah i'm looking at it, it's like somehow they had to actually port unity is it is it using some proprietary os or something i
0: don't know because... in tesla's case i know in some other cases it's android so it becomes a process yeah. of, like, just porting whatever it is for Android, technically. And that's why it's older oh, yeah. games where it's like, hey, it's Doom. Doom's simple to port because it's old as shit.
1: Yeah. Mm. Oh, you're talking about that Doom. Oh, I thought you were talking
0: about the new one. New Doom. That only runs on uh, Jaguars. Yeah. <laughs> hey. but, but Cuphead,
1: the notoriously super difficult game. I, I played it, actually, on my... On I stream once with a friend of mine, and we played it together. And they actually make some parts makes the game a little harder. So, um, so it's so as I see it, it's it's in the front dash. Yeah, they put uh, video games in the front dash. That just seems like a terrible idea. I'm I mean, sure I'm, they
2: have it set to like if the car is in motion, it disables it or something. It wouldn't surprise me.
1: <laughs> or if it's or if it's in motion, it just raises up the difficulty. It it turns your wheel. Now your now the steering wheel controls it.
2: Yeah. Well, like (laughs) Elon Musk loves doing fun shit like this. Like I think, I think one of my four favorite things that he's done has been. uh, I don't know if you guys saw that, but somebody had mentioned there should be a car mode for dogs. So like when your dog's in the car and you have to run to the store, it turns the AC on super cold so they're okay. And it plays music and it has a message that says, Hey, dog's fine. AC's on. Don't break the window. Mm. And he's like, That's a good idea. Because somebody sent it to him on Twitter. And he's like, You know what? That's a good idea. Coming in the next update. And sure yeah. enough, the mad lad actually fucking did it.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, He's actually, I mean, he's a, he's a, weird, he's an interesting guy in some ways. Like, he will, like you, when people give him, like, Talk to him and like communicate with to him a good idea, he runs with it. Like, I've seen him do this a few times, like with the I think it was the boring company that or what like, that does the kind of earth blocks.
3: They did the and somebody's like,
1: too. Somebody yeah. was like well somebody told him with that, like, hey, you could use that to make low cost housing and he was like, Oh, oh, actually, yeah, I I guess I could. See the dude doesn't he's he's one of your just Classic engineers who just like builds things because it's cool, not because there's actually any use for it. But uh, it seems like if you actually tell him a use for his ideas, he's he's often like, oh, oh, yeah, you know, you know, maybe maybe so. So, yeah. So everybody should get out there and like tell Elon Musk things to do. So what what would you tell Elon Musk to do? If you if you could tell him any one or two things to do, what would you tell Elon Musk to do?
0: Go fuck himself and put Destiny two in a Tesla.
2: <laughs> Go fuck yeah. yourself now. Go put this game I want on
0: there. Yeah, maybe exactly <laughs> in that order
2: too.
1: Actually, <laughs> he deserves both. I uh, he deserves both.
2: <laughs> uh, I would say. Um... Buy or start up your own anime publishing company and start bringing more shit over to the U.S. Because apparently he's big into anime, too.
1: Really? I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, he changed his avatar into something from Fullmetal Alchemist, I believe, one time. Or something. Whoa. And people were like, what the fuck? Elon's one of us. Like, <laughs> Elon Weep status confirmed.
3: <laughs> yeah. So.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I-, I like the guy. So.
1: Yeah, man. Engineers with money. <laughs> A moral engineer, he's pretty much a mad scientist. That's why you can pretty much direct him. So I am afraid that somebody's going to suggest to him something incredibly evil, and he's going to answer the same way, like just be like, "Oh, huh, that seems like a good idea. I think I'll do that." Right. Like, I want death hey. rays
0: and all Teslas. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, as long as you're saving the environment, might as well balance it out by you know the ability to destroy shit too. Just throw the fl- just just. Attach the flamethrowers that he already created to the Teslas.
2: Right? So just like 20 years from now, if we ever hit this crazy Mad Max post-apocalyptic world, you're going to see Teslas riding around with uh, Elon Musk on the top with a guitar, shredding a flamethrower, and he's got a couple of flamethrowers attached to the sides.
1: You know what? That flamethrower guy is probably the Tesla of his tribe. Probably. Or, or the Musk, I should say. I mean, Elon oh, Musk is
0: described. He's fucking Nikolai Tesla being like, Earthquake Machine, bitches! <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 158, our pre E3 2019 episode. Or it would be if E3 meant anything as contained to one week and didn't spill out all over the place like some weird leaky sieve. What is a press conference? What is time? Do, do things make sense anymore? I'm Charlie, aka Bordak, joined by Alex, aka Mave Online, also with Henry, aka uh, Kraken Zero. Yay. Yeah, it's... E3 is upon us, but also not.
1: E3 is now it's a concept, it's no longer an event. It's it's an idea. It's an idea that lives in our heads.
0: To to pull a quote from Al- kind of pull a joke from Alex's playbook, are you saying E3 was inside of us all along? Yeah, the E3 <laughs> was
1: the E3s we we saw along the way.
0: Yes. E3 was the video games we played this year leading up to this point. And <laughs> fuck this cycle yeah I... this cycle's
2: rough only because there's we go through dry spells of garbage like in between so we have to rely yeah. on some dev doing something fucking stupid and then we talk about it but this time oh joy we've got actual good news and things I, we do I believe so
1: we have news i uh, i we can decide whether it's good later
0: <laughs> this fucking podcast is the Schrodinger's cat of video game podcast where it's like we're, we're this is a sealed envelope podcast we have not watched anything E3 related yet even though E3 has technically already started and we'll talk about E3 stuff next week as is tradition but you have fucking Bungie and Stadia being like fuck this we'll do our own thing
2: yeah no that, that was like you know what we'll do our own thing
0: with of blackjack. Yeah,
2: <laughs> pretty much, and it makes me so happy. Yes, because it's such an interesting development. Anyway, we'll get into that. Yeah, I, I don't want to jump ahead here. Yeah, well, what have you been enough to? Uh, well, I guess I'll start. Yeah, you, you, so, you've been
0: gone for a while.
2: Yeah. So, um, I have returned from the shadow realm. Oh. I have fought. Yes, I have fought tooth and nail. Uh, I got lost an extra it's week. like you continue to
0: not learn anything about the Shadow Realm, Alex. You don't fight the Shadow Realm, you game.
2: So I fought the Shadow Realm. God
0: damn it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess I had mentioned before I actually went down to visit family in California and um, it was a good time. I didn't realize how, like, trying to fit visiting everybody was really, like, there was so much time i didn't realize like almost so much time to okay now here now here now here and so actually i lucked out too because i was able to grab breakfast with uh these two fine gentlemen on the podcast here which is pretty really cool
0: um yeah so i can't remember if we actually talked about this now we physically were all in the same location for once
2: yeah. yeah it was nice so um yeah it was good times but yeah we um Grab some breakfast, and then I I was talking about also trying to visit some old food haunts that I wanted to go to, and I had no time for those because if it was if I wasn't hanging out with one group of friends, I was visiting family or visiting Mandy's family and all that. So it was a it was a good time though, but it also reinforced that I'm very very happy I decided to move up to Oregon. I think uh, in the time we were there, we're just like yeah I'm yeah. Maybe it's still because I'm still in this honeymoon phase with Oregon, but I really do like it being away from California. Mm. So maybe it's just me and the way I feel about it, but I do enjoy it. Not not knocking for those who live there, but I'm just, it's not my thing anymore. I think maybe it's because I was born and raised there.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. Like a lot of people like they, you know, within their own state or wherever they live, they often like, Will not have seen the things that like tourists will have seen because they've just kind of known it, but you know haven't aren't excited about the city they live in. That's that's pretty normal.
0: Mm-hmm. I would also say an important part of growing up and getting older is, you know, leaving where you left for some people. Yeah, when where you grew up. I guess. Yeah, like it's.
2: Yeah, that's pretty accurate. To be fair, yeah.
0: though, L.A. If you're gonna stay a place, it's a bad place to so stay your entire life. But
2: yeah but i i'm just uh i'm happy so uh i know when we got back i was like i'm gonna go ahead and just stay locked in my apartment for a few days and not <laughs> like and not go outside anywhere and, Do the yeah, it was nice. thing,
0: ignore life yes
2: so um but yeah uh got back into the motion of things and and whatnot and it was just nice had a good time yeah. and then um let's see I uh I uninstalled D2 and then I un- I reinstalled D2.
0: So I also uninstalled D2 because I uninstalled the Blizzard lo- uh, the Battle.net launcher. How oh, did you? <laughs> I have no reason to have that thing installed anymore.
1: Oh yeah, that reminds me. I have see the thing is I have yet to play Destiny 2, but I, I as I mentioned on the podcast, uh I have actually picked it up. I picked it up whenever it was free last year briefly. Huh. I mean, yeah. it's free, yeah. So I have it and I, I and I think I even installed it, but it's all in the I haven't installed it through the Blizzard app, so
2: Yeah, it was after um Forsaken had come out a couple months, they, let, yes. they gave the base game of Destiny 2 for free.
1: Yeah, and oh. so I went ahead and added it to my account when I had the chance. Yeah, I take free stuff. I always take free stuff. Whenever I see something online that's like, hey, game free I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take. I don't. I, I kind of don't care what it is. I'll take it because it's free.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Hunter, I have a website that's definitely giving away free things for you to go to: free viruses, free malware. Oh yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I'll take it at all.
2: You know, those aren't even free because there was a laptop that sold recently that had four of the worst spyware viruses ever created. I think it sold for 1.3 million.
0: Wow! I, I love the <laughs> idea of some guy collecting that shit, being like. Soon my collection will be complete. Soon. Well, I th-
1: see, I've done stuff like that because when you're in, when you've ever done a computer security, it's likely that you've, or just you know, messing around with it, it's likely that you've created a honeypot purposely. Like I did that actually with with a, I, I created a honey, super honeypot with a with a, one of the computers that I used to own, and oh, it was. Fascinating the amount of st- the way the computer worked before and after. <laughs> oh, I,
3: <laughs> it was, I
0: can imagine. <laughs> it was like a
1: different computer. It's so messed up. Like everything was just like the browsers just were just horribly like loaded down with all sorts of crap. Uh, it's like the operating system itself just had weird holes and weird windows and, and bizarre behavior and random behaviors. Yeah. So yeah, I I I, didn't, but I I wouldn't have sold it for. A, remember in the. End, I wish I I wish I I wish I would have known.
0: <laughs> remember in the, in sold the coming that. AI apocalypse. Have your flash drive malware ready to go. Hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, my,
1: I, I have a computer of it. So or I had yeah. a laptop of it. I actually I did it so that I could practice like how to actually clean a computer that was that badly compromised. So but, yeah. anyway. <laughs>
2: yeah, um I yeah, I yeah, I just got tired of Division Two. And then I think this whole past uh week with the Destiny stuff that came out, I was I, I was on the hype train. So and I lucked out too, because I remember asking Charlie, Hey, should I buy Forsaken? Is it even worth it buying Forsaken at this point? And he's like, Well, I mean, if you want to finish the game up, you can and then a day later the fucking complete collection of Forsaken goes on sale for thirty nine bucks. So I was like, okay, and I picked it up. Mind you, the game, the complete collection, normally costs a hundred dollars. It went for thirty-nine bucks on the that yeah. thing, so I That's bought a good it. Good reason at that point. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna work my way through the War Mine campaign and then do the Forsaken campaign, just because uh, I want. Or just
0: jump to Forsaken. Like. Uh, it is worth. Well, I want to
2: unlock the. The free I, I was about to correct
0: myself. That. Yeah, like you, you should do the base campaign of Mars and then just go to Forsaken. I, there are some cool guns on Mars that received yeah. heavy nerfs at certain points in time and are now a lot less important to the overall meta. Mm. Like I, in the days of original Gambit. A, a gun called fuck, I'm blanking on it. It was a short it was a fusion rifle. Um I had one too, even oh I got to It was broken. It was one of the most powerful weapons in the game.
2: Okay. Yeah, but um I'm gonna look forward to I actually did play some Destiny two and it was actually kinda nice. So
1: Cool.
2: Yeah. Enjoyed that. And uh the <coughs> other game I started picking up again and trying out was actually Dauntless, now that it's been released, if you will. Yeah. Mm. So I'm, uh I'm actually pretty stoked to play it out because now that it has crossplay, I got it installed on PS4, so Mandy and I can play together and hunt yeah. monsters and stuff. So, which yeah. is kind of the biggest draw, and it's free to play. So, yeah. Let me know when that. you're
0: playing. I have also been playing the Dauntless.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, I will definitely let you know then. the uh The other thing I actually want to try out because I recently got it. Uh, was an invite to the Spellbreak Alpha. I don't know if you guys have heard of Spellbreak. No. No. Spellbreak is a battle royale game, but instead of having guns and all that stuff, you're a wizard and you shoot magic spells.
1: You're a wizard in a deathmatch, Harry.
2: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so you can cast, like, freezing spells and fire spells and all sorts of crazy shit, and you're a wizard, but it's a battle royale And like, this weird, like, LARPy looking environment.
0: So a mm. so hundred wizards I, I, drop onto an island.
2: Yes. Islands haunted.
0: Doesn't of work, Alex. It is. It's no moon. <laughs> no. I know. But is the island full of wizards? Yes. Is it haunted? No. <laughs> Did the wizards come from that island? Probably.
2: Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, so I'm uh I, I'm looking forward to trying it out. Just because, I, I mean, I like Battle Royales for the most part. Um, but we'll see how this one is. I'm just curious. Mm. So. But, yeah. Um, other than that, that, was that's pretty much it. I don't have much else other than just me trying to hide from the heat. Because it's starting to get warm up here tonight. Sure. It's humid. Fucking A, Charlie. You weren't kidding. Humid we, heat fucking sucks.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah.
2: It, it was, like, 80 degrees. And I was like, oh, fuck this. No. Mm-hmm.
0: You just think about dying right then and there to get away from it, don't you? Yeah, Yeah.
2: so I've got my AC on full blast, all the shades are closed, and I have fans running air throughout the apartment. It's
1: like, why does the air hate me? Yeah.
0: Why is why the, air the air sticky and damp, more like? <laughs> mm-hmm. So,
2: yep. Yeah, that's it for me. Also, I'm glad to be back.
0: I guess I'll go, then. But first, welcome <laughs> back, Alex. It's good to have you back. In all your glory.
2: Don't worry, I'll make up for the two weeks of puns we have.
0: You had. don't have to. You you really don't actually. Like no one would object to you, just kind of settling in, uh, casually and not making up time. Like I think it was our gift to you.
2: Oh, don't worry, I'll I'll, I'll make up for it. You're good.
0: <laughs> great, just great. Right, so uh, as threatened last week, like mid podcast, because I bought the game mid podcast last week. I played the shit out of uh, Death Garden Blood Harvest, which is already on, like, the list for most video game-ass video game for 2019, based on dumbass name alone. Uh Uh-huh. Really? Uh, The name is Death Garden Blood Harvest, Alex. Like, based on that name alone, it belongs on the most video game-ass video game list. Like, fuck, I think this thing makes my game of the year list, too, potentially
1: so uh, yeah i bought it i bought it too shortly after like because i had been thinking about it anyways that's why i mentioned it to you but yeah i have it i just haven't uh i haven't had a chance to play it yet because yeah i still can't play it on my current computer. that's still a thing so but i'm excited to play it
0: yeah we we talked about it some last week i'm gonna talk a little bit more in detail i guess because we it was kind of more of a holy shit this game looks cool last week as opposed to Deep diving. So, if you're familiar with the Dead by Daylight formula, you'll be familiar with this game. Except um, the scavengers are super parkoury, and it's nuts. Yeah, it's such fast action, yeah. It's like super fast action.
3: Mm.
1: It's one of the, it's one of the fastest action sort of competitive games like this I've seen in a while. Well, I mean, like the scavengers
0: just, are just, locked into run all the time. Like to manually turn that setting off if you. Will. Yeah, like they move at full speed at all times, unless you're crouched or rolling or something. And even then, it's fast. Like I, I, I played like ten hours of that game in a very short period of time because it's awesome. Like I, I started. I, I had a day off this week, so I started playing that game at like eight a.m. in the morning, and then by like nine p.m. that night, I'm still playing. Going like, shit, this game is amazing.
1: It's just, I mean. I mean, as far as, I mean, there again, I haven't played it, but it seems like the parkour part is also very satisfying and yeah, pretty so, easy to pull off.
0: So, so let me break it down for those who kind of weren't here, didn't listen last week, or kind of want more details. Uh, like Dead by Daylight, it's 2 fat. You're playing as one of two sides. You're playing as scavengers who work in teams Are five or six. I think it's five, and you are third person, and you don't really have offensive capabilities. You have a bow that's Useless against the enemy, the main enemy, because he's or she is straight up immortal. Like they, they can't be killed. And your goal yep. is to either dodge them for the time limit or run around the map and collect blood and then put that in some statues and stuff. It's very, de- it, mm. it's very um dead by daylight. It's the f- kind of um uh, asymmetric multiplayer where you are hunter versus hunted, if you will. Where it differs is. Unlike Dead by Daylight, the scavengers are zippy motherfuckers. Like, they are significantly faster than the hunter and have a whole set of movement moves to them. Like, you can scale up walls. Like, a tactic you can pull off that is surprisingly effective against hunters is if they track you when you're depositing blood at a tower, just climb the tower. They very, really look up. Like, it's possible to rapidly run up the tower and then leap off the top of it because there's no fall damage and get away that way. Like, it's a surprisingly effective move. Like, hell, jumping off a cliff and then running back up is, because hunters have less movement capabilities and they're also first person, is surprisingly effective. Like, your your best moves are, like, there's no wall running, but, like, wall grabs, you hang forever in the best way possible, and you can, like, jump up walls really quickly. Like, it is possible to, like, race across the map, which ability isn't huge, but also isn't tiny. In like no time at all, just parkouring your way the entire way there, and it's fun. Like I, I cannot stress how much fun it is to play a scavenger. Like I, we're Dead by Day, it's kind of tense, and it, it's a horror game. This is a horror action game where yeah, and, and not so from a Dead by Daylight, but like this one, each character has powers, but you launch the powers via your bow, so it's shields or it's health or stuff, and like you have really cool moments where you'll see someone go down and you have a heal, and you'll, like, snipe heal them from across the map or something, and then they pop up oh, before cool. they can get uh, kind of uh, executed by the hunter and stuff. It's it's nuts. It, so on the opposite side, you have... so Sorry to pause for a sec. There are six um, scavengers to play as, and um, each one kind of comes with its own base set of abilities, so they, each one has their own builds to them. But what's cool is the powers are shared. No one has a unique power, but each one has access to a power for the others, whether it be clone, shields, um, smokescreen, or heal. And each one can be up. So if you upgrade the power on one character, it upgrades the power for all characters. So like, uh, like for instance, I've been playing the medic one called like uh, Sawbones. She has heal, and she has, um, shield. Uh, the first character I unlocked for Scavengers had heal for their primary ability, so I dumped a shit ton of upgrades into that, so when I unlocked it on saw, uh, on Sawbone, Sawblade, Sawbone, the medical one, the, the cleanest of all the Scavengers, ironically, she already had, like, a super-powered-up shield ability, and then I powered up the health ability, which then affects the one that, like, has a clone and like, weird scavenging abilities, and Each one has passives and stuff, like uh, Fog, the guy who starts off with Smokescreen, when all his stuff kicks in, is the fastest character in the game. Which is nuts, because all of them are pretty fast. It's so goddamn cool to play as a scavenger. And then on the other side, you have Hunters. And there are three Hunters right now. The Inquisitor, the Stalker, and the uh, Poacher. And where this game differs in a major way from dead by daylight is the terminator is not a character it is a skin for the yeah. poacher
1: <clears throat> so yeah like like dead by daylight they also have already gotten gone in on the licenses yeah and so it's so but it is interesting yeah like it's not a new character yeah. per se but it's also way cheaper way way cheaper it is cheap like you would expect the skin to be it's only yeah. a couple of bucks
0: and so, and I kind of dig that because each hunter has like has a ridiculous skill tree to go through. Like they have a whole skill tree, and then all of their gun, like they have two guns. The guns are upgradable. I believe their special powers upgradable. So, and hunters play first person. It's a first person shooter at that point, and they're slow. Like you, they like they are wearing power armor, and you. have Feel like you were wearing power armor down to you have a boost that turns you into a murder train of movement like you can leap like you become the Hulk briefly and that's the only way you can keep up with scavengers they are that much faster than you but like when you're in a chase with a shotgun and you're hitting that stem and you're just racing after someone and this like cool techno rock music kicks in of the hunt you're like yeah meats on the menu tonight boys it's
1: cool <laughs> yeah yeah, just to make it clear, there is, it is one hunter versus five scavengers. Yeah. So,
0: oh, okay. And all the hunters kind of play the same. They all <laughs> I, they all have kind of a shotgun weapon and a machine gun weapon. This um, you unlock kind of a, a, a longer range weapon for all of them. I think only the stalker has um, a sniper rifle though, which seems broken as shit in that game, but also makes sense for that character. I it's weird. So. Uh, Hunters start off with the Inquisitor and the Poacher unlocked, and you have to unlock um the Stalker, who's the stag-headed one. I, I, it seems like a good choice to make your kind of iconic character the unlockable one, but I also get it because if you're going to lose a round to a Hunter, it is probably a Stalker because that person fucking knows that character. And good mm. God, is that active camo powerful. They just come out of fucking nowhere and murder you.
1: Ooh, if he has active camo, I expect, possibly, I wonder if they'll throw in his skin for the Predator. Yes, so,
0: and, and kind of like, Henry's <clears> think <throat> rightfully so in the past, it occasionally feels like the developers take time away from developing their own characters to do the franchising stuff, which I totally, it's, it's it feels like a valid complaint, because again, every character in blood and death garden is kind of cool like even the poacher who's kind of lame is kind of cool in his own weird way like it's the he's the hunter that you can see his face because he doesn't give a fuck he's like yeah, yeah. fuck it I'll murder people who cares oh so that's actually probably worth bringing up too uh the story like the, the lore for this game is ridiculous so the scavengers are actually kind of the bad guys mm. That's cool. Uh, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> world goes to shit. Um, these, uh, dome city things called enclaves rise, and they're like typical kind of perfect utopia bullshit. And to kind of keep genetics not totally fucked, and because you have to have people coming in constantly, the, um, the games are established. I'm sure I'm getting the name for that wrong. And basically, the, the, the Death Garden is a, test of worthiness to enter the Enclave, and life outside the Enclaves is fucked up with warlords and shit like that, and the hunter's job is, through the Death Garden, let only kind of the strongest, most worthy enter the Enclave, and, like, a big chunk of the scavengers have, everything has a bio in this game, and, like, some of the scavengers are straight up terrorists. They're like, we're gonna fuck mm. up the Enclave, like for the warlords, and the, and the and the hunters are like, yeah, I do this because it's a sacred duty to the Enclave. Like, we have to keep like it's the the enclave's the only safe places for humans left, and we have to keep this place going because if not, without it, we're fucked. Yeah, we're murdering people. We kind of get off on it, but like, yeah. we're doing a public service, like garbage man or postman. <laughs> <laughs> that that's actually really cool. I yeah. mean
1: the the lore for dead by daylight is also really cool and really interesting yeah. so it's oh, not surprising but it's awesome that they that they went full in on that one too
0: and like and I'll bring up the lore cuz it car- the lore paints this beautiful like it's it carries over in absolutely bizarre ways into the game like so i the game consists of the death garden and two lobbies and i say two lobbies because the hunter lobby looks out into the enclave and is beautiful and pristine and nicely maintained and doesn't suck. The scavenger lobby is this like busted up, broken window, pipes everywhere, leaky Hmm. dumpster fire basement. Slum place. And like, just on that alone you get this kind of vibe of what this game is. And the Death Garden is this digital arena. Like you, You are playing essentially, literally a blood sport And you have an arena, a digistrux the arena, kind of every match. There's three or four maps, I want to say. Like, I, I have my favorites. My favorite one does not show up all that often. It's got these kind of funky ruins in it that are really fun to play as a scavenger and maddening as a hunter. Uh, also, if you've played against me when I've been playing a hunter, congratulations on your easy wins. I am bad at that thing, and we're not going to talk about why. So, uh, if I think this game is great, I hope it's around for many, many years. I have one really specific gripe with that game, and it is that playing a scavenger all but requires you play with a D-pad or with, with a controller, because I can't imagine playing that character mouse and keyboard style. Like it would just that, thats some finger limbo. I'm not willing to attempt kind of thing. Playing a—that's yeah, that's. Hunt, that's...
1: Hmm? Yeah, that's kind of the same for Dead by Daylight to be honest. Yeah, with the with, with the survivors versus killers Yeah, it's definitely like FPS and third person I it's for me it's always easier to use. Me a, too. A uh,
0: it's it's the parkour <laughs> aspects. I try to like unless you're mapping that like jumping action to like one of your mouse buttons I guess, which seems nightmarish to me. It it seems like kind of a complicated choice. But so on the flip side, the hunters are first person and just given the speed of the scavengers basically require you to play with a mouse and keyboard like you're, you're going to have a bad time as a hunter if you're not playing mouse and keyboard at least on pc where that's one of place death gardens available currently and swapping between the two is kind of weird for me like i having both hooked up as a choice that i'm like ah eh, this is dumb it's not a huge problem but it feels like that should be addressed and there's a great disproportion right now of scavengers to hunters. If you're playing a hunter, you will get into a game in seconds. Scavengers, it's between like a 30 second to a two minute kind of lobby setup, but that's still pretty fast for online games. I I cannot say enough good things about this game. Like I, it, it is a really good game. That's just a ton of fun to play. And if you're looking for something different, I cannot recommend this game enough. Like I.
1: It's also cheap. I mean, yeah. even not on <clears throat> even not on sale, it's still cheap. Like really like way cheaper than a game of this caliber should yeah. be.
0: Definitely. I yeah, like it's I look forward to seeing how this game goes. Like I, I I could imagine a world where like you could do some real cool microtransactions for this game, the whole unlock system for the game right now. I, I
1: They don't really do microtransactions though. I mean I and I think that they must be a a a very specific thing. The only thing that they've ever released for Dead by Daylight is DLC, just DLC chapters, DLC occasional a uh, DLC like yeah. clothing.
0: Well, so and I, I was, guess
1: I guess I guess that's kind of microtransactions for some of that because it is smaller. Not in the way
0: it's necessarily like, meant. Like skin. This yeah. game feels like a. Sh- it, yeah. This game feels ripe, and it should have skins, like maybe just mask skins or something, because. Like, if, mm. if you want to get me real nitpicky and maybe listen to this podcast, and maybe get that like a little more kind of scavenger customization would be cool. Like, I would like my character to look like I want it to, but also mm. like this game is super new and they have nothing but space to grow in, and like more game modes that aren't just Blood Garden would be cool. But also, Blood Garden is totally fine and awesome to play. So, shut the fuck up, Charlie. Like, it's it's more like this is a great base for a game that you could go. Just so many cool places with, or you could leave it the same. But just keep making it better at this level, and I'd be fine with that too. Like it's, like I would love to see this game grow because, like, what it is is a fantastic foundation, and just a couple more game variants, I think, would time break up the monotony some. Which monotony is the wrong word, but like, I, I want a game mode that I jump into, and it's just okay. Here's your lobby of six. We're gonna randomly assign hunter and randomly assign scavenger, and like at the end of a round, we're gonna kind of change it up. Like I, I want a rolling game mode of okay, you're all in, one of you will be hunter, and then we'll and then we'll change it, where you can like vote to stay the same if you want. Like it's the I do, I want to be able to roll from match to match instead of what it does currently, and have like a random aspect to it, I guess. But like again, I I also super enjoyed what I did so far. It's these these are all nitpicky like things I'd love to see. And I have nothing bad to say about the game. That's like about its current thing except like man, I wish there was more of it. I mm-hmm. wish there was more of this awesome thing to play.
1: But they're yeah. they're as a company they've been extremely good yep. about releasing DLC. So, yeah. look uh, look forward to seeing the next possible license they get. I suspect they're going to get they're going to try for the Predator license. It would that's, make a lot of sense. Prediction.
0: It would make so much sense. I also yeah. think the skins versus full-on character approach is a real smart approach because mm-hmm. it opens up, like, it opens you up to the microtransactions stuff in a good way. Where it's like, yeah, it's a cheap game, and you can support development for it by, like, hey, we put out the Predator. Hey, we put out like the people from uh, Hunger Games or something. Yeah, that would also Ask be a- scavengers. That yeah. Would, yeah, yeah, that sounds
2: pretty fucking legit.
0: Yeah. like that's the kind of things they could do with this game. Like it's the Hey, here's the Battle Royale pack for the scavengers. Here's the Hunger Games pack for the scavengers. Here's—I'm trying to think of other hunters you could put in this game, like like Terminator, but like Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator would fit in this game yeah. too. Yeah.
2: Probably,
0: Probably didn't
2: get like commandos from uh, Predator when you release it as a pack. You can do like Predator on one side and then the commandos from Predator on the other
0: side. So, yeah. I... part of me kind of wants a hunter versus hunter mode and I know that would kind of suck but also like it would be fun because the hunters are playing them is tense and like while you feel powerful you're not like god you're just more powerful than anything else in the field I I, I don't know like like a hunter versus hunter versus, versus players mode would be cool where it's like okay there's two hunters and like they can fight each other or they can fight the players but like one hundred will win over the other. It just sounds cool or something I't do know like there are so many cool variants you could do that, that can use the same maps and the same characters and all that stuff that would just be neat to see in this game because like the base of what it is is so fucking good
1: to be honest, they're probably just gonna stick with the main one because that just that game style alone balancing that yeah is is nightmarish. I can't even imagine. Because I mean, the balancing for, for Dead by Daylight is, is just an insane constant thing because asymmetrical balancing asymmetrical versus is, I, I mean, I, I mean, it, it kind of blows my mind. It's just really uh, massively difficult to try to balance that
0: out. Yeah. I, yeah, like like I said, like all these were like nitpicky things. I would like, in a perfect world, they would do this, but also, like, the game is amazing as it is, so maybe you leave it alone. It's a great game. It is so goddamn much fun to play. And if you're curious, you should check it out, like I did. Like, I went in being like, okay, it's Dead by Daylight, people, let's see what this is like. And then after two hours, I'm like, this is real good. They should stop <laughs> making Dead by Daylight and focus on this. Dead by Daylight, Dead, <laughs> Death Garden, forever. Death Garden, Blood Harvest. Here we go. <laughs> yeah I kind of as Alex alluded to uh, during our kind of intro I've, I have also been back on the Destiny train uh, unlike Alex I have played up through a chunk of Forsaken and the the, the Destiny news that came out just reinvigorated my burning vigor if you will and I've been hitting that game hard like I I'm not in the newest content that's just, I'm, not, I'm not doing Season of Opulence stuff necessarily but I did use the level boost for Season of Opulence to get up to, like, a point where all activities prior to that are a little bit easier, but also, like, I'm having a shit ton of fun playing Gambit Prime because Gambit is still one of the best FPS modes ever made in a video game. Turns out Destiny's real good when you're not annoyed by it. Like, also in the worst way possible, coming back to the season and having all the shit there to do makes Destiny really good because you can stack shit on top of each other, where it's like, okay, go do some bounties and unlock a forge, which requires grinding out enemies anyway. So, yeah, I I know the stuff post-Forsaken has been kind of weirdly received, but I think some of the stuff they've added in part of those things are the season pass model works, I think. Like, some of the stuff, the stuff they added kind of piecemeal style is so goddamn cool and wouldn't have worked as kind of its own like twenty dollar DLC, I don't think. I, I I love the blacksmith stuff or the season of the blacksmith stuff. Like that whole little game mode that's kind of half basketball, half murder ball, half hey, you're blacksmithing a weapon is just fun and cool. Yeah. Also, Gambit Prime is great. I fucking love Gambit Prime. I'm working on my Reaper set. I there's some glitches going on out there preventing me from progressing some, which Heads up. I guess, like, fuck, I'm going back and getting weapons from previous DLCs I didn't bother getting, because I didn't want to grind, and now I'm like, I got reasons to grind right now, because I gotta kill, like, 8,000 hives, so, yeah, let's do it. We got our stuff stacked. It's good again. But, yeah, Destiny 2 is real good, apparently. I, I'd also like to, um, cause we had a whole episode, we had a whole podcast dedicated to, um, Alex's appointments the Game of Thrones, I wanted to remind you all that, uh, Chernobyl is now done and you can watch all of it on HBO and you should go watch it cuz Chernobyl's really fucking good. Like according to IMDb the best show ever made, which I don't think so, but
2: I there's actually really it's funny you mentioned that cuz I think there was a really interesting uh thing that had popped up online that said like you should lock down the ratings of a show after a certain amount of time so it stays the way it is. Yeah. So cuz at that point I think Breaking Bad was still fucking I still love. It. I started rewatching Breaking Bad.
0: Uh, I would argue Chernobyl is Breaking Bad good.
2: Is it? it's
0: okay. it's of that quality. Like it's it's five episodes, so it's way easier to do than Breaking Bad. But like, tr- I am like, I, I knew Chernobyl was a mini series. There'd be five episodes. that would end. I am sad Chernobyl is over because it's really goddamn good. Like, I it, it sticks. Like, it. You know how it ends. The USSR, USSR falls apart, but like they still managed to make the ending of the episode, the ending of the miniseries, like compelling and gripping and surprising, and like maintain the nuclear horror movie vibe through the entire franchise, even when like it's just an episode on like the cleanup and stuff like that. I, it's a dark-ass show that, like, does not lend itself well to office conversations because you will find yourself having a conversation about the dog mass graveyard at some point where it's like, yeah, it's it's fucked up. It's terrible. But man, is wow. it well shot. Mm. And, like, again, like, when you take a step back and remember none of, like, this is a drama so parts of it are kind of fictionalized but, like, the essence of everything done on this show either happened hundred percent or close enough where it's like, yes, this is the dramatization of this occurrence, but people were actually doing this mm. yeah, like I fun facts about Chernobyl they killed every animal they could within a certain radius of the power plant to prevent the spread of radiation. And I mean mm. every animal. Wow like deer, dogs, birds, everything. That's the thing, I
1: mean, like, a heavily radiated animal could go and, like, die in some, you know, potable water yep. that people are using, and yeah, that's, yeah, that that just ruins that entire yep. pond, or whatever water source it was, so, I mean, horrible things done in the name of just preventing more horror.
0: Yep. <clears throat> but, yeah, that's that's been my week. I a lot of Death Guard and a lot of Destiny 2, it turns out. I Major progress was made on maybe getting the studio set up, so fingers crossed on that one. I I have my shelving set up so we can start unloading stuff to get my floor cleared up so we can start running cables and shit like that again, which hopefully won't take too long, but yeah. You're up next now, right Right, Henry? Yeah. What have you been up to? So,
1: um, So to kind of continue on the note of really dark stuff, I picked up this war of mine over this week which uh it was on sale ah yes
0: depression simulator
1: yeah wow that's it's an important game yeah i think it's an amazing game it's an important game and if you ever wanted to know what it was like to live in a war zone this is the game for that because it's it's a rogue like in a certain sense but you're not meant to win it, nobody wins. It's you 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 just survive.
0: I, I ran that back to like what what living in the world is a taste of living in a war zone, if you will. Because yeah, you're still playing I mean, a video game and you can simple. walk away.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and there's and there's you know, and some things are simplified, but a lot of it is like this is just horrifying. Essentially, like in the main scenario, you play as three people in a and it's in a fictional country which is broken out in civil war and you're stuck in one of the war zones, and you're just trying to survive, get by, like, find water and food, or, and find stuff to maybe rebuild the house you're you're trying to inhabit, and maybe make a few creature comforts, like, you know, like, put together a radio, fix a radio, or, you know, make a bed so that you have something to sleep in, and don't just sleep on the cold floor. A heater. I mean, you have to build everything. And you have, and so, each night, so during the day, you can... You, people can come by to visit, like to try to barter, or maybe they need your help, and you can try to build stuff and fix the house and whatnot, um, as well as dealing with any injuries people may have received from anything, or if they're sick. Um, and then at night, you have the option to either just have everybody sleep, and they, to, you could either s- sleep, guard, or scavenge. So, sleeping, you can choose to sleep in one of the beds. You can guard overnight because, hey, during the night, you can get raiders. Raiders will just come in and take your stuff. Like, there's, it's just an event that has a chance of happening. And having a guard makes that event less likely. And then, But then, there's also the option, you can send somebody out to scavenge at night. Scavenge at night. And so, you play this out. You actually go to a particular site and you look for food and parts and whatever you can find you just scavenge you also and so some places are not owned by anybody they're just public areas kind of where you can go in and try to find things other places that you try to scavenge are inhabited i mean you're kind of doing the same thing that the raiders are doing you're rolling in and taking stuff stealing stuff from other people so it's 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 a it's in a lot of ways a really hard game to play Like, as far as psychologically, because it is, it's dark. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gritty, it's realistic.
0: Play it in In first, if you will.
1: Yeah, I couldn't play it in, in, like, more than, like, a couple hours, and even that was, like, just kind of starting to be, like, man, and the thing is, like, I'm a person that already kind of tends to think about some of this stuff, like, I have, like, you know, basically, it's, like, it'd be, like, people in Syria, or in Yemen, you know, some places that are in outright conflict right now, that's what the game is like. Because there's places that were just if some places are just dangerous, there's snipers around. And if you you like there might be a lot of stuff to gather there, but also you might just die. You don't have a life mirror in this game, you just can get injured and then maybe die. It's it's a yeah, it's a hard it's it is a game of sacrifices because you have to make a choice because some days maybe everybody's injured and maybe everybody's sleepy but you don't have food so maybe you still have to force one person to go out and scavenge because you have nothing so you have to make a lot of hard choices yeah people can starve to death you can have your characters can starve to death so i mean it's it's a rough game but it, it's i hope that it reaches some people that haven't thought about this before That it's that it that somebody is playing it that hadn't considered what it must be like and how horrifying war is and how just the horror the horror of war. I mean, I don't want to go too long into that subject, but it's just this is a. I mean, I haven't been in a situation like this, but I can only imagine a lot of the things feel amazingly visceral and real, like what's going on there. I mean, I've read reports on you know places that are in you know. under abject war, but, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing, it's profound and important, uh, a, a important work of art, an important work of literature, I mean, in in, in this way, so, I mean, yeah, that, that, that kind of, yeah, it, it did left, already has left an impression on me, like, it's, it's definitely left a very lasting impression on me, just playing the game, just the way, I, what I played of it. I haven't even gone into the other DLC yet which is apparently even darker.
0: Yep, I've played it. It's not a bit yeah. So for the children. Yeah.
1: So other than that, um I've been playing I uh, I still playing some Slay the Spire. I really like that game. That's it's that now that game is definitely an addiction to me. That type of gameplay because it's a roguelike uh and it's turn-based, but it just has this, the mechanics to it, the card mechanics to it are just so fun. And so I'm just, I'm still enjoying the heck out of that game, playing, putting a lot of hours in that one. Plus it runs just fine on my computer, so that's that, that works out well. So, yeah, but I mean that's, that's primarily it's just really those two games that I've played. But this War of Mine, it just, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, left, it's left a mark on me. It's an important game. If you are interested in that sort of a game and, or that sort of a theme, and I've, I mean, that's, it's just a fantastic game. It's really an amazing game. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, this is one of the games that I point to when people, are, when people have this, people are still exist with the notion, oh yeah, games just for kids, or games like just violent blood sports. You know, those, those are the kind of the two main stereotypes. And then I can show them this game among well many many others. To be perfectly honest, I can show it, but I mean this game is on that on that short list of what do I show people who say that games are aren't aren't art? Play this war of mine and then get back to me. I mean that's the thing. It reminds me of a uh, of a court case that that occurred one time that was pretty much like the judge made this asinine decision that basically said like. Games can't express a message, therefore they aren't art. It's like, no, I, I would want that guy to play this War of Mine, and then tell me that games can't can't portray a message, that games that games aren't art. Sure. So, but yeah, that's that's kind of what I got up to.
0: I find it sad that we talked about a literal blood sport in this episode, and also this War of Mine, where it's like, man, we had both ends of the spectrum.
1: Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. Like fictionalized, yeah. you know, violence versus it's. That's the thing. It's like the fictionalized violence and like knowing that it's fake and knowing that it's there's nothing. It's not representative of anything. I'm. I'm like just like in movies. It's like that doesn't bother me. This war of mine unsettles me on a deep, deep level. Oh
0: no, and it should. That game is something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean, it just. I mean, that's the thing. It's like. There again, with these sort of video game critics who, or just critics who are like, "Oh, well, they're just you know, you know, violent bloodfest, and it's just making everybody terrible." It's like, yeah, no, the fictional violence isn't like people that leave. That's a very different thing. The fictionalized violence versus something like this, this, this will, you know, there again, like this will, this, this is a whole different type of thing, and it. Yeah, it will it will affect you.
0: Yeah, I I'd recommend this some um, War of Mind for days you're having too good a day on, like you need to bring yourself back down to even. <laughs> yeah, like, the only good day to play that game is like, well. yeah, like, if you win the lottery, go play this War of Mind to bring yourself back down to normalcy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, but important game, an important game. Yes, I mean, if yeah, it's not that expensive either. It's pretty cheap. So I mean. Even though I bought it on sale, I mean, it's still cheap, not on sale. So, but, anyway.
0: Yeah. So, I guess that means it's time for news. There we go. So, we, yeah. uh, we're we going to kind of race through the news this week, and by that, mean, I mean, we have three news articles we have to talk about this week. Uh, they are Destiny... Uh, Stadia and the most important of them we'll start off with which is Xbox is launching its own cleaning supply line for your body they're they're offering uh, body scrubs and all that jazz brand with Xbox and I'm joking we're going to talk right about Stadia now I just wanted to bring up that fact for a quick second because I think it's dumb
1: yeah wow so do they have Cheeto
0: flavor and Mountain oh god Dude we're not moving flavor? on fast enough no but it appears to be Mountain Dew scented kind of <laughs> Oh, God.
2: Yeah!
1: Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, why? No.
2: So these fucking normies know who they're dealing with.
1: Oh, no, I'm looking at the combination. It smells like a combination that would smell like body odor. All right, so kaffir lime and winter lemon. That's fine.
3: uh, Finally! And
1: And then aromatic herbal middle notes of mint and sage and woody bottom notes of patchouli and clearwood? The combination of those things does not sound good. Finally,
0: sounds... a counter for every Smash tournament being like fucking bathe your horrible bodies.
1: Yeah, well, see, but I it mean needs this... to
2: be Nintendo branded.
1: But I mean, it's it's it does not sound like it smells good. The combination, all right, those things individually would probably be fine, but combination sounds like it sounds like garbage. Like actually, like what you might find in a in a garbage can. Like, just random food stuff.
0: Henry, I okay. get it. Just because you're not gamer enough to wash yourself with Xbox-branded body wash does not mean you take it on to those who will. I, myself, am <laughs> also not gamer enough and will track down <laughs> anyone who buys the stuff by scent, but... <laughs> hey, ugh, uh, sense. I will let you know my review of these products right now. Of course you will. Right.
2: Because I am a true gamer... And everyone should know when I smell like was patchouli, mint and sage Ugh. and
0: all that. You want to smell like corporate oh, sage? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Finally, Ugh. I smell like a brand thinks they smell like. Suck it, oh. nerds.
2: That's right. Everyone's <laughs> going to know I'm a real gamer rocking out. We'd
0: like to announce that Alex now officially been sponsored by the Xbox, not X- not Microsoft, just an Xbox is giving Alex money to do this. yeah where's the part i put hashtag ad i think you just did so we're covered
2: (laughs) hey now the part comes in where they send me the money yeah
0: that's that's how it works You say hashtag ad and they have to send you money yeah oh god (laughs) imagine that's how it worked actually like
2: like well right if that's the case shit um guys can we take a quick break from the podcast so i can enjoy this wonderful round of hot pockets hashtag ad
0: Hashtag sponsorship. Hashtag you owe me money, bitches. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I expect a truckload of hot pockets. Thank you.
1: Hashtag I'm too mercenary to mention you unless you give me money.
2: Yes.
3: <laughs>
2: Indeed. Oh, oops! I dropped my Aquafina. Hashtag ad.
0: <laughs> I know it won't. I, I, I know it won't happen. But like. Deep down, all I want is like a fucking herbal essence style ad with this gamer ass shampoo. Just like noobs while the guy's doing his hair or something. I don't fucking know. Life is terrible and a nightmare. We should move on. Yeah. <laughs> on to actual news this week. So, uh, as joked about previously, uh, E3 is now just a concept. And while we're not going to do our full E3 podcast, we will be doing our pre-E3 in a little bit now, two news E3-esque things did happen prior to this that aren't technically E3, and the first of which is Stadia. Uh, Stadia got out there and announced kind of what's required to run it. Uh, Allegedly, and kind of uh, through a big asterisk allegedly across everything we say when it comes to specs involving Stadia. Because while I may have pre-ordered this damn thing, I don't think any of us have touched this yet, so it's not really clear exactly what the rules are. But they recommended a minimum you want 10 megabits per second, which is pretty achievable in the U.S., but not universally across the board. And that will yeah. allegedly get you seventy a uh, 720p, 60 frames a second stereo. If you can get up to, like, 20 plus, you can get 60 frames a second, 1080p, right 20 megabits per second and 5.1 surround sound and in the 30 probably close to 35 but kind of beyond that range you can get 4k 4k hdr video 60 frames per second blah 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 blah.
1: 5.1 sound as yes, well yes
0: the 5.1 sound is very important
1: uh that i mean honestly that's i don't know of that many games that that support that yeah, but exactly. i mean it's, it's still a, impre- it's still impressive
0: yeah my joke was more of how many games actually have that, so it's just yeah. another thing you can throw down there. Uh, Google had an event, they announced a bunch of games, we're not going to go over all of them, but stuff like The Division 2 is coming to Stadia. It was described really awkwardly in the Stadia screen as... Yeah, yeah, alright, yeah. <laughs> it's an RPG they put cover shooter mechanics in. <laughs> Which isn't not correct, but also yeah, feels like a jank That's way of inter- describing it.
1: It's an interesting way of, of describing a thing. Yeah, oh, I, I love how hopelessly, uh, I guess it's just always anything E3 related is just always going to be hopelessly a bit awkward. When you actually get real devs in there and real people yeah. kind of, and just making them talk. But yeah, yeah,
0: Division Two. So. Yeah, uh, uh, Destiny Two was also coming to that. We'll talk more about what that means in a couple minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. We got pricing out of this finally. So uh, the Stadia Pro, which offer, uh, which is kind of the streaming subscription game, the Netflix of video games, if you will, will cost you ten bucks a month. It does not. Which come- is not bad. Yeah, it's that is not bad at all. Depending on what games they get, it could not be bad. Yeah, like it's. It is a thing. On top of that, you will be able to buy individual games for your Stadia. You'll be able to have a li- a digital library, if you will, of games that will be playable on your stadia for Which is also very cool. Yeah, and there there's no pricing listed for that. You do not you do not have to have a subscription to play the games you own, but you will get it basically the Stadia Pro is kind of PlayStation Plus Netflix esque where it's you will have games via that that you can play so long as you have that. But if you go get rid of it, then you lose the games, but you will still have access to any games you actually purchase. So it is possible to play stadia with no subscription, which for me was actually kind of a big question, but cool.
1: Yeah. They talked about, they mentioned, I mean, they mentioned a lot of interesting things. So, uh, they they and talking about just how what Stadia is and so they talked about both game players and people who watch games. So that's interesting.
0: I think we covered some of this while you may have been out for a bit. Like th- this is the second of two Stadia yeah. press conferences. The, the, some yeah. of this was rehashing, which was also clearer. Like yeah. they didn't bust out the me- they didn't bust out the teraflops number they had last time because they yeah. got laughed off they the stage because of that one.
1: Yeah. Um well they i mean I think yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing about it is is it is hardware independent because yeah. it's basically you're streaming a video essentially, you're streaming a video from their server and then you're you're you have a controller, and so I think that's that's kind of fascinating, well, oh yeah, the so, controller which 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 they describe as this controller was designed for streaming games, what does that? Actually, it's not. It's not. There's no controller that's designed for streaming games. Well, so let's that's look, just corporate speak. That's hilarious. It's just there's just two buttons on it that have special functionality. Let us expand and,
0: the asterisks you were picking at, and not realizing how much of an asterisk it is. Um, so <laughs> controllers will run you seventy dollars. Uh, not seventy dollars. Seventy dollars for standalone controller replacements. Whatever you can get in. I think Preorders are still up there for the Stadia Founders Edition, which is. One third, which is 130 bucks, it comes with the Stadia controller and a cool copy, a copy of Destiny 2, along with Shadowkeep expansion, a three-month subscription, plus a three-month buddy pass. So I can give one of you two the pass in theory. And this is the most important part, what kind of pushed me over the edge. It also comes with a Chromecast Ultra. Which is pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, that's so that's that's
1: an expensive. That's actually kind of an expensive little piece of equipment. This
0: is something I've been I've been eyeing the Chromecast Ultra for a little bit, and kind of this is the major asterisk. If you want to play your games on anything but an Android device or a computer, you have to have the Chromecast. Which makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it doesn't not make sense, but it's the like if you want to get into real nitpicky specifics this is essentially just the smallest console ever.
2: Yeah.
1: It's it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's, I think it's a, a pretty amazing idea. But one thing that, that I think is kind of possibly interesting is, all right, so now you have basically a hardware independent to the masses, which I think is great because especially for people in countries where computers are just super expensive, just super, like a really nice computer is super expensive or a console is super is ridiculously expensive i i know that like for example in brazil like the newest consoles can cost up to like a year's average year's salary yeah for a console so i mean i get that i think that's it's a great thing i mean they've been trying to do this sort of thing for a while like the phantom was the failed attempt at it. I mean we've talked about others like OEA oh, yeah, or whatever. But I mean this is it's like it's really N-Gage great. It's just
0: kind of an attempt at this in a weird way.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And but yeah, I think but I, I'm also curious as to I wonder what this'll do to for people for the for the like the PC market and the console market. Considering that, you know, console and I mean this is replacing both of those things. It's hardware independent. You can use it on a in theory on a very lightweight device, a very not as powerful device,
0: yeah, so and as a addicted destiny player, the fact that they're doing cross saves and my cross save will work on pc ps4 and stadia like in the dumbest way possible, that's what finally pushed me over the edge actually, where I'm like, okay, we should talk about this for the podcast and stuff ultimately anyway, and they've now they've solved my mobile destiny addiction like where I was taking an iPad to work with a video game controller, I'm already taking my phone and getting a little fancy carrying case for a Stadia controller is <laughs> not the dumbest thing I've done, like, I, for being totally honest.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, that could, I wonder how it might, may or may not affect, you know, sales at all, to be honest, but it could, it's just kind of, in, It's. I think it's a, it's an interesting side possibility, because, you know why buy the most powerful computer, the most powerful video card, and all that all that noise when you can just have a very very low end, you know, lower end, average computer and then literally play anything on it. Not by a console either. Like you can skip the console thing and play. Yeah, I mean, just play games on whatever device you feel like playing them on. Well, so but,
0: yeah, what you're getting as kind of a weird contentious point where it's. The tests for this thing have been pretty controlled and like they, they mentioned fighting games as part of this round of announcements for it, but Yeah. It's still not clear if the lag will be imperceptible. Like I mm. but like it's one of those ones where if we're talking like the times I was playing Gambit during my lunch break by streaming my PS4 to an iPad. There was lag there and I noticed it, but it was kind of a eh, can't deal with like it's not worth dealing with. If I was at home doing that, like if, if I didn't have the option for lagless gaming possible or as lagless as possible, that might be a problem. Like, it's the c- can you have a fighting game community where Stadia is your base platform for that because you're now like you're now working around the lag that goes into that game? Like, it's there's a lot of kind of up in the air questions about Stadia that have yet to be answered. Like, it's we know yeah. how much the pro thing costs. We're not super clear what games come in the pro yet or like it's cool Destiny 2 is coming to Stadia. What other games were coming to Stadia? They showed off a bunch of like indie games that are cool, but like I don't know, fun. they showed off a they, they showed
1: off a ton. I mean, I saw Up games are the in like, there. It's the switch effect where oh. it's like,
0: yeah, it's like I already own some of these games. Why am I play, why, why am I restarting or buying this again for this weird platform?
1: But there, then again, it's like, I think it's, it, it, I, it really seems like it's not aimed at you and me. Yeah. It's really not. It's not aimed at us, us here, I, honestly, the three of us here on the podcast. It's aimed at people who don't have ridiculous computers, people yeah. who don't have consoles. It's aimed, at, it's aimed at people who maybe don't have, you know, never had the money before to really pick up all that stuff. And now they can do it at a very budget cost on budget equipment. So, so
2: he, here's the problem with that analysis, okay. and, and this is the thing that catches me: mm-hmm. the same people who don't have the crazy consoles or their crazy PCs also don't invest in really fast internet. Yeah, that's us. So, that- and most internet ranges are pretty fucking slow. So it, it's kind of a weird oxymoron situation, or not oxymoron, but like it's a weird irony that like it's it, yeah, it's a good way for these people to come in new and fresh but those same people aren't buying the minimum 10 megabits per second internet in some locations. Like, I know my family, like, if my mom, like, let's say my mom theoretically wanted to pick up and play some sort of weird game. She, her current internet won't support it at all. Really?
1: She and doesn't have an, even have 10 megabit. megabits? 10 mega. No, she
2: gets easy, small, like, cheap DSL now, I think, or something. I, I, I don't think it. they she even
1: did lower up. than 10 megabit in this country. Well, well so remember, in, this country, the the in country this country
0: we live in, it's up to amounts, you're not guaranteed yeah, the number you're paying for. Like fuck, true, true. We have a more, yeah. we have a larger bandwidth at work, and my home internet gets often two to three times the up down of work that we're paying for a like commercial grade internet traffic. The one I have at home it's isn't also, fantastic.
1: Well, I mean, the, but of course, you know, at work everybody's using it.
2: Yeah, that that that's because a, that's the
1: whole a, that's thing a, no, when we've done isolated tests, like when we
0: were, ha- we've had network problems. We've done like, okay, shut everyone the fuck down and test. Mm. Like it's like yeah, el-
1: yeah, yeah, and you're absolutely right. It can vary. It can vary wildly on up to you know with the up to thing, but yeah, um, but yeah, I I can see that. But even then, it's like to get a ten megabit isn't super expensive i mean
0: if you if it's available yeah, I, like it's there's half yeah. of my neighborhood where it's not available technically where internet isn't available we, we've talked about this before like half of the town it's not half like a chunk of the town i live in they just never ran lines to so your only option is satellite or to tether your phone
2: mm,
1: interesting
0: yeah. yeah
2: unless you've got like so the, i mean you have like what do you call it? You have these providers who do like some of that cell phone tower internet, yeah. but even yeah, then, it's that's, not that much. <clears throat> that's it's what my weird,
1: parents like- use actually. My parents, because they live out in the countryside, I'm from the countryside. They have their internet is via is via a cellular cellular phone service. I mean, it's they have a special modem and everything for it. It looks like a, a typical modem, except instead of being plugged into the wall, it's just getting cell phone signal. Yeah, I, yeah. I so and so as a result, their internet, and also because of where they live, their internet not that great. Like I, I was well, I re- remember when I during over the, you know, in winter in December when I did a did one of the podcasts from my parents' home, and I was pleasantly surprised to find that their internet was at least decent enough for me to at least do voice connection. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I, I get that. Okay, I, yeah, I, I get that. That not everybody necessarily has 10 megabit internet. Anyway.
2: Yeah. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have, and I'm just wondering if this, this, if this came up, but like on the other side of the spectrum, let's say you've got gigabit internet. Mm-hmm. You've already got a crazy PC and console. You're good to go on all that. So you want to stream the full 4K HDR, 60 frames per second, 5.1 surround sound, right? Mm hmm. It means potentially you can use up a terabyte of data in 65 yeah. hours. Like and if you have data and caps. And a lot of and if you have data caps, that's another fucking issue right there. Like yeah. it's it it's a weird this is kind of a weird project for me. Like I I want to root for it, but the way the the, the dependencies that Google's going to need for this to work properly aren't really Friendly to it like uh, you have on one side where you have slow internet speeds that are up to a certain amount, and on the other side you've got data caps like it's
1: it's a weird yeah i I think it just occurred to me what a another one of their major customer base will customer base will be all right, so as we know, the portable systems like the three d s outsell mate like the consoles yeah. like a hundred to one like in some cases literally a hundred to one <clears throat> and so And the reason for that is, you know, as if you were a parent, like, are you going to buy your your young child a six hundred dollar console? Are you going to buy them a with that with games that cost 60 to 80 to 100 dollars? Or are you going to buy them the one hundred and fifty dollar console with games that are like five to twenty dollars? I mean, that's an easy choice, super easy choice for any parents. I mean that's 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 why they sell so well because they're cheaper and it's easier access. So I imagine this could be a thing for parents picking up so for their for their household for their kids. It's like, hey kids, we aren't going to buy a PS4 because they they cost too dang much. But hey, well I'm willing to pay an, you know ten bucks a month so you guys can play whatever games you want on you know you know whatever computers we happen to have around the house. So or whatever devices we happen to have so uh, I think that's the other possibly even that's another possible major market for this I, I that's what, that's what I see so for parents figuring trio you know, like you know do I want to you know am I going to drop you know 600 bucks to get it, plus all the accessories so that my kid can play destiny 2 or I'm am I going to pay 10 bucks a month so that they can play anything and not have to worry about buying hardware but yeah, it's it is weird, it's a weird thing. I think you've run a that that's a, it's excellent points, Alex.
2: Yeah, it's it's just like I want it to work. Like yeah. I want cl- like the, the cloud idea of service cool. stuff to kind of work in a weird way. Yes, the idea is great. It's just There's there are weird... too many dependencies outside of Google's hands mm. that are at play here. Like with a console, sure. Like it is a higher entry level point in terms of cost, but once you buy the console, like if you buy single player games. You're playing your games, yeah. like you could have what I guess a, a console technically not plugged in and still play.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, granted, there are some live service things with some newer games that yeah, an issue. But like, if I wanted to play Red Dead, uh, I'm pretty sure if my console was unplugged and I just threw in Red Dead, I can play Red Dead.
1: I mean, I guess I'm already kind of used to it, having used Steam for so long, where it's like I kind of don't and I kind of do own the stuff. I mean, it's unlike the stuff I get from, say, good old games, where you it just lets you download it. You can just you don't have to use their client at all. You can literally just download the stuff and play it. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I get that too. But I mean, it's it harkens day. It harkens also back to the days of when video game rentals still existed. And they still exist now.
2: Actually, I, I,
1: to a way smaller extent, it's not very common now. I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, we're talking about, you know, the, the blockbuster days, you know, where, yeah. where, where there were, you know, and stores like blockbuster where you could go and rent a game and that's not really much of a thing anymore. And so this is kind of that idea. I mean, that's where, that's kind of where Netflix got their jumping point. Same idea that it's, it's, it's a kind of a replacement for rentals i mean because there's a lot of games that are like you play them once and
0: you're kind
1: of done and Wait, are, i are think you it telling makes me sense.
0: the stadia is the blockbuster of video games uh maybe <laughs> blockbuster of the modern era i guess
1: yeah but i mean well the same as netflix was a blockbuster killer i mean this would have been too i mean it's the same idea it's like why rent a game when you can pay 999 and just not even need the hardware to play it. I mean, so, yeah, I, I see that also as a as a thing for, you know, much like, you know, PlayStation Pro in that, you know, there's these big library of games, but many of them, you might play once and be like, oh, yeah, I think I'm done with that. I'm probably never going to play it again, you know? Because there's a lot, most games are kind of a one-and-done experience. I mean, to be perfectly honest, it's like once you beat the game, a lot of games are like, well, that's, that's, we've told the story, and that's it, so and then yeah now you just yeah so i mean i get i definitely get this too especially there again like with you're buying for your kids it's like do you want to buy like 50 games every single month or are you get to pay 10 bucks and let them play whatever they want and it doesn't matter if they pick a game up and literally never play it again play it once and never play it again you haven't kind of you know, blown money on it. You know, or if they pick up a game and they're like, "I don't like this game really," and they just never, literally, never play it. It's like, "Welp, I just threw down seventy bucks for a game my kid's never going to play." <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, yeah, it's just, but there is, yeah, there's, there's weird things, there's, yeah, uh, I, to me, it just means that Google Fiber should be everywhere.
0: <laughs> so let, let, let's put on our Crazy Charlie paranoid conspiracy hats for a second. Okay, I think fiber should be everywhere uh, so this is kind of a bit of a stretch but i'm not even the originator of this idea google has once again found a way to essentially sell a new aspect of you uh, if, if you don't yeah. think the stadia will in some way be capable of monetizing whatever useless data it gets out of you like the uh, down to the hours you play or how often you press that goddamn A button. Oh, uh, for lack for a better phrase. Oh, uh, yeah, it's come. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, they already do that with Steam, and and the, and I'm sure they do it with the Epic Store. I mean, that's just they they track all that stuff. It's right. Not, my like, my the point hours being, you've...
0: Google is bigger and scarier with some of that shit, and where Steam yeah. is selling games, hypothetically at least, Stadia is
1: Google's selling always good about souls. that metadata. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, they, They've but, just now found a way to make you pay them more money to be the product. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think the biggest hurdle this thing faces is internet. And like countries like mm-hmm. Japan that have fucking kick ass internet, or people like me that have South Korea. Yeah. South Korea. <laughs> uh, or like people like me. Like it's the. My, my phone has a busted cell phone plan. Most people don't have the legit unlimited data I have. Like, it's the the chances of me using Stadia at home at any frequency are low. The chances of me using Stadia like at the office during lunch break are infinitely higher because I've used a shittier version already. Like, mm. like fuck. I was texting Alex about like, yo, explain Pixel Three phones to me because that's the phone this is most compatible with. I'm sure it will come to other phones okay. pretty quick. Look, I need a new phone, and part of me is like, eh, maybe.
2: Pixel's a solid phone, uh, but like I said, that OnePlus, I'm a big fan of the OnePlus This is not the time for phone chat,
0: just like I, My, my point being, like, it's the, of the three of us, I'm the one that bought this, and probably the most inclined to buy it for, like, dumb reasons, like, yo, I can take it to work and play on my phone at lunch because I mm-hmm. have a Destiny addiction, and a round of Gambit makes me happy. But, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, where it's, this isn't really for us. Like, th- this is not a product necessarily for us, but it might be. But also, I think yeah. all of us yeah. demand, like, laglessness in a way that I don't know if mm-hmm. this thing will deliver. Maybe it will, maybe Which... it won't, maybe I'll be like, fuck it, yeah, I'm never buy another console again, fuck Steam, fuck PCs, fuck everything, but I don't think so. Uh, like, again looking at this thing, I'm not unconvinced this controller won't be problematic. Like, something about it just screams not good enough PS4 controller.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, but they also said, straight up said that you don't need this controller. To you play. don't? You don't.
0: For browser play. For the, um, like, streaming to your TV or to your phone, I think you do. Um, I guess, well, how would that even work well i mean that's the
1: thing it's like is, is this controller wi-fi enabled
0: i think it's what wi- i believe so and i think it talks to i think it's bluetooth actually i'm sure they said that somewhere but i think it's one of those ones where only like the only way to play stadia on your tv is with that um fuck what's it called the the dongle thing for a tv uh the chromecast ultra the chromecast I suspect if they're smart, and this is how I'd do it, so, so I'm assuming they're smarter. So does
1: the Ultra have a Bluetooth thing built into it? Yeah, I think it does. Which is, that's impressive, considering that, I mean, it already has a Wi-Fi thing inside of it. That's what a Chromecast is, essentially. It's a Wi-Fi access point.
0: May, and maybe it's a Wi-Fi point, but I could imagine it only recognizes Stadia controllers. Hmm. Like, like, in the same way that like, be, I, I own weird, a special weird. controller for playing games on an iPad, I had to get a bullshit, like, third-party, we make these specifically for this and got approved through a whole dumb process. Like, you can't, like, they announced this recently, like, I think this week even, like, you can't just plug a PlayStation 4 or Xbox controller into a iPad via kind of connection or connect it wirelessly. You have to use, like, one of two controllers that, like, it officially recognizes because iOS is a weird little nightmare unto itself. Yeah, uh, that's just Apple being a
1: little closed off, like.
0: Right, but what I'm saying but... is, like, Google could do the exact same thing. They can't, like, they can't stop you from doing it in browser mode, which is just like you playing a PC game at that point. Like, it, yeah, the, the browser mode is the one that makes the least sense, but I also get the most. Where it's like, yeah, you can run it on a shitty laptop at that point. Cool, mm-hmm. but you're essentially PC gaming at that point. You're you're losing the whole hardwarelessness. The no bulky console, or I'm playing it on my phone. I bet that requires the Stadia. I bet that requires the Stadia controller 100. percent
1: So, do you think the Stadia app
0: is only compatible with the controller? I think so. that is my assumption. I might be wrong, but like it's the here's the cynical thing. Like if I was doing this, that's how I'd do it. Mm. Like for no other yeah, reason I can, than I because it you- forces you to buy the controller.
1: Yeah. And man, that's an expensive controller, but it is because yeah, there's there's it has some. I mean, well, I mean, it's got two whole extra buttons, Henry. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's designed for streaming games. (laughs) Whatever the fuck that means. If it's just Bluetooth, all the current controllers are Bluetooth. I mean, that's not special.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's a connectivity thing. I think it's literally the Chromecast, your phone, the Stadia app won't recognize anything but this the same way that plugging a ps4 mm-hmm. controller into an xbox one doesn't do anything it goes like fuck this no like there are ways around it but mm-hmm. yeah mm. but i think so we'll see like th- there's no way we can say much more about this in a meaningful way like we, we until can, it comes until out comes really. out yeah we like, it's the yeah like it's one of those ones where if it works in where I live, it will probably work where you live, Henry. And like yep. doesn't your building have like gigabit, Alex?
2: Does do I have gigabit? Yeah, I think your
0: apartment's wired for gigabit though, technically, right? Like I know Uh technically, yes. Like, Portland is more progressive internet wise than LA is. They have better yeah. sort of internet kind of thing. Like, okay? But like also like yeah. next time you go to Oklahoma, I'm probably loaning you this thing to see what nightmare that is, Henry. Oh
1: yeah I, I <laughs> yeah I, I, like I said before, like I was just like happy to be able to share voice yeah. voice chat,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, like it's the we will embark upon a bizarre adventure of Charlie goes places with stadia and does things like it's like, can I play <laughs> in a volcano, can I play in a blizzard? can I play at a funeral? yeah, apparently, but I get glares,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I like the fact that their their stream was also so dense. There's so much in it. It was only like it was barely over twenty minutes. Yeah, and it's just they threw a lot in there, as well as like several kind of reveals. The I, I do have to say, the one reveal that looks the most interesting to me is the one called "Guilt." I think that's maybe how it's pronounced.
0: I thought you were going to the Baller's Gate three.
1: Yeah, G Y L T. Oh yeah, they announced Baldur's yeah. Gate three. Which, all right. So I played the original one.
0: I don't know. I, I
1: it's I don't know. I I guess I'm I, cool okay. With
0: it. I I thought you'd be all fucking over this. It's given your gaming. I thought I would be
1: too, uh, but uh, <laughs> but I think I was always less interested in the Baldur's Gate main series than I was on other games done with the same engine, like uh, well, uh, Planescape Torment, which is unequivocally. One of the best RPGs around, honestly. Like as as far as storyline, just really cool storyline and really cool character interactions. So much voice acting. Do you ever play that?
0: No, I'd never heard of it before. To this, what now? Planes,
1: Planes, Planescape Torment. It it even has a spiritual successor sequel called Torment Tides of Numeria, which is and isn't because you know it's it's not officially D and D licensed. I know the blue guy
0: from the box art, but that's about it.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's an extraordinary game. Extraordinary and tons of voice acting. All of the characters interact with each other huh. as well. And like like your main kind of like your, I guess he's sort of your sidekick mascot sidekick character, Mort. He's voiced by Charlie Adler. And if you yeah, don't know who Charlie Adler's at uh, Charlie Adler is, he's uh, he's done tons and tons of voice acting. So, uh, uh, including like Roger Rabbit, and I mean that's old, but I mean he's done tons of voice acting. He's a famous voice actor, and he does he does more, and it's it's amazing. But yeah, the storyline is really incredible, twists and turns, the characters, and what you start to find out about all the characters, and even has characters like yeah, like that really don't get along, and you can't put them in the same party. You can't have what it's like mutually exclusive. But yeah, I mean so that's my favorite of the sort of that engine games made with that engine and it just blows away Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate I got bored with straight up like Baldur's Gate 1 I didn't even finish it because mm. I was just like and I have the remastered one too and I and I went back and played that and I was like yeah I kind of remember like this game didn't grip me it, it's the storyline is kind of I mean it, there's interesting parts to the storyline but there's not enough of it I mean, maybe if Baldur's Gate three comes out strong with a, with a more in depth and engaging storyline, for me personally, yeah, I'd be interested in it. But yeah, the Baldur's Gate series, I just was kind of meh about, to be honest, because it's just the stories were kind of thin,
3: mm.
1: in my opinion. Anyway, I'm sh- uh, Don't at me on this. I've- it's an um, un wildly unpopular. Opinion. You heard
0: it here. Henry hates Baldur's Gate and you <laughs>
1: <laughs> But yeah, I mean but for me guilt looked the most fun because it it's it's a horror I love horror games. I love horror as a genre, that should be obvious by this point and it's it's a horror themed game. It looks it looks kind of like a it it looks kind of like Silent Hill except you're a very young kid. Um, and, oh, it, it looks pretty cool to me. Get Packed. I, oh man, I love these kind of... It
0: looks weird! Kind of, I It looks... I, in a press I like, games like that was dry, get, it felt fun to see that.
1: If if you've ever seen Overcooked, if you're familiar with the Overcooked game, that's what it reminds I me of a lot. Overcooked. I wonder if it's even this... Yeah, and yeah, I mean, those are... I mean, this is a... That's a party game, and it looks like a lot... It'll be a lot of fun. I mean, I have to say, and I will say this, their sort of launch titles, these five or so launch titles, it's a good mixture of stuff. I mean, they're missing a couple of genres, like like the sports, namely, and fighting game. But those were hinted at near the end, yeah. it's sort of a a quick flash of games that are probably coming to this thing, or maybe have already said they are. But in any case, yeah, it's it's a pretty good mix of stuff. to Be honest, get packed was a good inclusion. I think to, to mix it up like because not everybody always is all about you know loot shooters. <laughs> I have this written in my notes. Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I super don't care. Yeah
0: I, the more they show of that <laughs> game the less I'm going to buy it in all honesty like I a follow-up to a game I'm like how huh, this could be cool as a sequel I might check it out then they have done a great job of killing any interest I had in that game. Mm-hmm. Like, on one hand, I love the guy who played the Punisher. On the other hand, I didn't need yeah. another trailer of him talking gravely about the horrors of war
2: for a video game
0: and using the word wolves as much as he'd... You know, I get a fucking video game that involves mercenaries that never uses the word wolves. Like, I want to play as, like, Honey Badger Squad or something. <laughs> We're the indigo honey badgers. We're the dangerous mercenary group out there. Ah, yes, the honey badger. We're the rainbow
3: unicorns. God
0: damn it. We're the rainbow unicorns. Yeah, something, I, yeah, I, 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 dear internet, if you know of a mercenary game that never uses the word wolf ever, let me know. I will play it and tell you what I think.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that the the games that they're kind of choosing as their, I guess, launch title is the, launch titles is the proper idea, because this is basically a console, a virtual console yeah. of sort, but, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> we'll see, we will indeed see. Yeah. So what, oh, you know, hmm. I also had a thought of possibility of VR on that. I wonder, but case, oh, don't there's throw there's that no-
0: nightmare in. Imagine VR <clears> with streaming <throat> lag. That that's uh, people would die.
2: <laughs> oh God, yeah. But
0: just just that's just how we throwing get that, that one out there. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Actually, do do that because I want to live in that world. But don't, because that's <laughs> how people die. So the, the other big not E3, totally an E3, they said they weren't going to be at E3, and now they can officially say they weren't. thing that happened this week is Destiny Two, specifically Destiny Two, Shadow specifically the Destiny 2 year three live stream they did that was made up of a bunch of things that like on their own, might be some of the biggest gaming news of the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. But by their powers combined, really make you wonder, like, were they asked not to be at E3 because they're going to overshadow a bunch of shit? Like, was someone afraid to have Bungie in a press conference being like, yeah, so we got stuff to talk about because holy shit, the Destiny community right now and the (laughs) game and therefore all video games because fuck it, we'll make that Canada joke. It's so I guess kind of run down this one some. So uh, the Destiny kind of year three, Destiny two. I keep calling it just Destiny. Year three live stream happened, and like in a this is the first major kind of uh, interaction the the games developers have had with the fan base and the world for that matter, really since they since they're very public with Activision, and they start the goddamn thing off by just saying, yeah, Destiny is an MMO. After five fucking what? years of them tiptoeing around the words MMO or massively multi online, <laughs> and then being like, "No, we're not. We're not that at all," and just being like, "Yeah, fuck it, we are." That alone was enough to make me like, "Go, I'm listening," because that's what this game has always been, whether it was actually that or not. And then they spe- then they kind of proceeded to launch into. Shadow Keep, which has taken us back to the moon, which is apparently haunted and still full of wizards. In the trailer, they showed off. They showed a bunch of villains and enemies from not D, not Year One Destiny Two, but like D One as a whole coming back. There's it, it, either it's Crota or Croto's like disciple thing. They sold Skolas. It sure as hell looked like they showed off Tanix, who's a fan favorite. Like it, they might be doing the thing I keep saying they should do. Which has put all the fucking shit from Destiny One in Destiny Two already, and that's a big fucking deal. Like this is this is potentially kind of the Court of Oryx. Not not Court of Oryx. Uh, fuck, was it King's Fall? That's the raid I've taken. King expansion big. Like for a, an expansion that saved a game has might do the same for a game that's already in really good shape. Whereas you're just adding a holy shit on top of it. Yeah, the game's fine. It's good, which is a big deal. Mm -hmm. On top of that, they announced that they are severing, as part of the Activision Sever, they are now moving Destiny 2 to Steam, which again is a big fucking deal. They did this in the trolliest manner ever, which I could hear the entire internet collectively go, and then breathe a sigh of release at, which was they said they need a new epic partner for PC distribution, and then they revealed it was Steam. Like it was a it was a cute ten second gag they did that it could have gone truly terrible. And then every P- fucking Steam stand was like, "See, Bungie's coming to Steam, and they can go fuck themselves." But I, I was kind of sad Alex missed it because it felt like an Alex level troll moment at that point. But so I'm proud yeah. of that. So that's a big fucking deal unto itself, and. But then like again we're not done. So the game is technically there've been rumors about free to play Destiny for a while. And while Destiny is not technically going free to play, it also technically is. The-, the base game of Destiny 2 of of Destiny 2 is going free to play. And I believe that means everything up through the end of Forsaken, meaning kind of Shadowkeep on that will be paid expansion stuff, but Gambit, Crucible, the base storyline, the strikes that you kind of know of as of right now, you can just download Destiny 2 and play that stuff. Meaning, if Henry, who has never played Destiny before in his life, and I want to play, we can, as long as we stay in the base activities. And like Gambit, Crucible, and Strikes are all base activities that can benefit players of all levels. And they're also doing this whole new kind of reworked, Little light system that will help boost you to quote relevant levels faster. And as part of that, again, this is kind of the Destiny One nerd in me coming out. They're bringing back the incredibly cool, like sets the lore for the rest of the game intro mission from Destiny One, where you wake up in a fucking car graveyard from being yeah, a zombie.
2: Doing the first mission from the first yeah. game, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's, a a, a it's, correction. It's it will be on um, curse. <laughs> The base, the base version of Destiny will be like up through year one. My bad, but I believe it still includes Gambit, which I, I fucking love. Gambit, and they should definitely make that part of the base game. But that doesn't matter. I, what what matters is like this is a big deal. And so then, on top of all of that, we Destiny fans are getting the thing we keep wanting, fucking cross saves. And as part of this, they're doing away with all the exclusives, meaning. Your gear in one place is the gear in everywhere else. It's not clear quite how cross-saves will be working. You're going to have to nuke some characters is the general assumption right now. And like one will take priority over the other. But for most Destiny players, that won't be a problem because, well, we've already kind of had our preferred platform to play on, so just nuke the not-preferred one. And as part of this, cross-play between PC... sorry, not cross-play, cross-save between PC, Xbox, Google Stadia, and PS4. And probably the PS4 one was, agreed upon the day or so before the live stream happened. Like, it was a hard negotiation. But, yeah. This is a big fucking deal. I was not expecting this level of silence. Yeah, I I, I don't don't, don't don't play Destiny, so (laughs) what
1: am I going to even say? Like, even in my notes, uh, I have, like, I don't know anything about Destiny. I don't really have a whole lot to say.
0: Yeah, it's not quite on the same scale, but, like, it's... I I would argue that the potential impact of this would be akin to World of Warcraft saying, like, okay, so base game up through Wrath of the Lich King is now free to play.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's pretty big news. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree that it's it's pretty massive news, but it's just like... Yeah, I mean, nope. What, nope what, so, what hard. do you think that'll mean for their for their like a uh, DLC? Do you think they'll put in more microtransactions?
0: So they've so as part of the season of options we're in right now, they've already revamped how the Eververse store works, which is kind of the cosmetic DLC space or the microtransaction DLC space. Okay. And people for a long time have had a bit of an issue with Eververse. It's been kind of complicated and. I think rightfully so, but now that they are indeed going free to play, the whole system makes a lot more sense, where it's if you see a ornament you like, fucking buy the ornament and that'll support development of the game. Moving forward mm-hmm. kind, of, and they talk about this kind of in the part of the stream we're going to approach expansions as kind of adventures, where it's, you're not stuck buying all of a season, you're stuck buying an adventure kind of thing, like it's the the season pass the season passes works you get all the year's content but i think like they're returning in some ways to the idea of DLC where you can just buy what you want which i think's actually a really smart move i as much as i've in hindsight have enjoyed kind of the whole like year 2 of destiny 2 i think has been good like coming back to it as with all the stuff out probably kind of tilts my opinion some cuz there's a lot to do but the stuff they've done seems cool. And like, with the exception of Curse of Osiris, Destiny's DLC has always been solid. Like, the, the other week when which is House of Wolves also had, called Prison of Elders that is a divisive thing. People either love it or hate it, and I'm in the love it camp, and as a result, I don't think House of Wolves was that bad. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think the idea of making the base game free is a really good move, and like, they, they, it's really weird seeing a developer talk about the challenges of approaching their game, and I think Bungie is very aware of kind of how impenetrable Destiny or getting into Destiny can be because it's an investment. Like it's, as they say, in the, as they like flat out say, like it takes like forty hours to get to what's now the real game, if you will. Like you have to play through all of the base level stuff, and the idea of I'm gonna slap down money to then spend forty hours catching up to my friends, that's just not fun, which is the whole idea behind the the little light and the kind of free aspect of the game, where okay, it's like, okay, you buy our platform. You'll have to buy the end game still so we can kind of keep this whole train going. But, like, we can get you in still. You can get up to most of the way up to your friends before you invest, which just seems smart to me. I think, like, if this is successful, and I have a feeling it will be, you're going to see more games go this direction. Like, I I think if Anthem had launched in a similar state, we'd be having a very different conversation about that game. Like, it doesn't fix the brokenness of that game, but I think it matters in some ways. Like, I think the Secret World could have benefited from a similar system where, like, it went, it went free-to-play eventually, but the idea of if that thing had launched as, like, hey, here's the first level, and then you're buying, like, because that game sets up as comic book style, you're buying, like, new stories as progression works. I, I kind of think that's the future. Where like, But as long as you have, like, a basic mode, like, again, you have the Strikes, you have Gambit, you have Crucible, you have a thing that you could never put money into the game, hypothetically, and still play enough of the game. Like, fuck. Mm-hmm. PUBG is one game mode. It's Battle Royale, yeah, there's doubles, squads, whatever but it's at base level yeah. like there's only one thing to do in that game. And yeah. it's had an exceedingly long life and exceedingly high success. I think for games for multiplayer games, the idea of offering a very cheap to free base entry point to see if you like it and then offering kind of further ways to expand on that is not just a smart move but kind of what you're going to have to do moving forward. Like like the, 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 it's the new MMO model if you will. Because it's Mm -hmm. like the number of games I won't pick up because like I I would play more Final Fantasy 15 if there wasn't a subscription base to it. Like if I could get through the first 50 levels on a free to play account or like a severely discounted account, and then be like, okay, if you want to play the real game right now, this is all defunct stuff you have to get through anyway. But like if you want to play the real game now, you have to start paying money again. I have played a lot more of that game than I have. Like, that game is intriguing to me, but the idea of spending money just to get caught up to Alex so we can do stuff again isn't appealing. And, like, the point of MMOs is you play with your friends, you play with other people, and the idea of getting caught up to those people is a problem that this hypothetically fixes. Like, it's the take your time, you'll get there, it's not costing you anything, but when you get there, then you'll have to shell out some coins so we can keep this thing going like it's the you're still paying for a game at that point but you're not like it's the free sample principle like at costco or other kind of grocery stores where it's the okay if you like this you'll buy it probably if you don't like it we've just taken a little bit of our server space and still you engaged with it maybe you dropped a couple coins and have the eververse and bought a cool skin for your gun or something because that was like a buck versus 40 or something i This is what I've always wanted Destiny to be in a weird way. Like it's the like in a perfect world we'd have never left Destiny One and it would have been like every year and a half, two years, hey, give us sixty bucks, we're giving you a giant fuck off expansion, or every year, give us thirty bucks, big expansion kind of thing. And keep going from there.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like I will straight up say that one of the things that kind of kept me out of ever playing Destiny was the price. Especially like learning that to play like I remember the first time I was talking with somebody when Destiny One came out, yeah, and they were they were totally there's This is a person who's very good at the game and is totally into it. But I was like, it. The amount of money it takes to actually have the full package is like hundreds of dollars. I am not going to spend literally hundreds of dollars on the game. That will literally never happen. I've never done that, and I never will. It's like even on games that I like that are, the I I don't. I won't spend that much on DLC. I haven't spent even a fraction of that. And man, Destiny has the most expensive DLC I've ever seen. Like, yeah, I mean it's a lot of content. I'm not I'm not acting like the price isn't in some way or another not warranted, but that's I could buy literally other games. Like several other games for the price of that. But for them to actually bring you know, go to the kind of freemium model. Yeah. Yeah. If that will make me want to play, straight up, I'm gonna say that like now I'd be willing to play it. Whereas in the past I wasn't willing to drop, uh, you know, three hundred bucks just to oh, get yeah, the, the full the,
0: experience. The, the, the get caught up with Destiny situation is a ridiculous one. It's not a unique to them situation, but like, oh no, yeah, yeah. It, it is a problem facing modern games. But also like, if in year one of Destiny two, I could have played. Um, Warmind and not Curse of Osiris knowing what I know about Curse of Osiris I wouldn't have played Curse of Osiris I would have just been like fuck that that expansion is bullshit I'm going to sidestep that or like going back now it's like hey is Forsaken worth it yes or no yes okay cool I'll buy it no I'll pass it up <laughs> yeah I, I'm i intrigued to see where this goes because you're right Like it's, it, it solves a big problem hypothetically
1: yeah i mean that's the it's it was expensive yeah. i mean that like that's literally the main thing that kept me from ever even considering destiny one and even destiny two for for you know, up to this point is the price point you know it's like you know when i could go and buy a switch <laughs> for the amount that i would have to spend yeah. just to get this game in full i'll i'll buy the switch
2: so apparently, from what I was gathering and and on conferences stuff like that, the whole pricing model and everything like that was a big Activision.
0: Yeah.
1: Push. So. A, oh yeah. Okay, that makes sense.
0: Kind Activision of in, or... in a, at the time it looked good. In hindsight, maybe it was a weird choice. A lot of shade was thrown at Activision and publishers, kind of in general, as part of this, which I don't think surprises anyone who follows games news. Like there's there's always been that weird disconnect between how much this is the developer choice versus how much of this is kind of publisher influence. And it was the weirdest, most interesting thing about this whole kind of stream for me was kind of how frank they were about some stuff. They're like, yeah, we understand. This is fucked up right now. And we understand. We haven't talked to you guys since the split happened. And a lot of people don't care what the fuck that means. Here it is. Like, we're, like we're not doing a old business model. We're doing something totally new for us. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, I the other thing I'm really stoked about and I don't know if you saw it yet. Um no more of that bullshit PS4 exclusive stuff. But Sony I mentioned that, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I if I missed that one, but yeah. I'm so fucking glad that's not a thing anymore.
1: Well well the cross-platform saves alone that's 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 amazing. You know, like, that's
2: Well, I mean that that stuff in its own was solid, but there was another thing, I don't know if you were aware of it, uh, where there were some strikes and some yeah. guns that were only in PlayStation 4. Mm. And even though, like for Destiny 2, even though we all bought the same game, PlayStation and Sony had a very specific special set of stuff they could get that we weren't allowed to get until like... A year, if not was it? later. Was it for, yeah. Like, Destiny... yeah, wasn't it like Destiny 1 got like the PS4 stuff? or the PlayStation stuff, like, almost two, three years after it's been out or something like that, there was something. Yeah,
0: there was a couple things that came to the Xbox version, like, I think it was a full solid two years after the Sony version did, and, like, and this is where it gets weird. So, in Destiny 1, and in Destiny 1 specifically, they often were kind of segmenting off a strike, and Destiny 1 especially had problems with And that's content with a capital C, meaning you just didn't have stuff to do with some frequency. Mm. And Mm. I want to say the base game launched with, like, four strikes. So an extra strike was actually a huge fucking deal in Destiny 1. Like, Destiny 2, I think there was one exclusive strike, but mostly it was guns and stuff. Like, it wasn't as egregious, but, like, it was a bigger issue in D1 because, like, there was, like, lore, like, it wasn't like the the segmented off thing wasn't, like, a lore thing, or, like, important to the game. It was a very, it it was a 100% part of the game that was essentially ripped out of the Xbox version, and I don't want to say it was noticed, but, like, it was, D1 was a PlayStation 4 game. It was available on the Xbox, but, like, if you were serious about Destiny, and I mean, like, serious Destiny you played, like, more than five hours a week, you were you should have been on the PS4, just because of the sheer nut, that there was more shit to do. And hmm. I think the PS4, I think PS2 had at launch, not PS2, Destiny 2 had, like, a strike exclusive to PS4 at launch. But it's not been quite as bad moving forward, but also, like, Trace Rifles, they, they've had at least a couple really good weapons in the game exclusive to PS4 for a while hmm. now. Like, they actually added it to the PC and the Xbox version a couple months ago and had to like revoke it. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's weird, but I but yeah, it sounds like they're they're that's not yeah. going to be a thing with 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 it now. And that's that's good. Uh, yeah, give people that are playing different consoles the same stuff. I mean, all right, so I remember when there was a Soul Caliber that came out where the bonus character was different for each console. It was like I think one was like Darth Vader and another was Spawn. I don't. I. I but yeah, I uh, remember it each. Yoda of was Yoda and Vader
0: and uh, was uh, So So uh, Soul Caliber two. You're talking Soul Caliber, right? Yeah. Yeah. Soul Caliber two was, uh, Hehashi on PS two, Spawn on Xbox, yeah. and Link on GameCube, and it was Vader versus Yoda for Xbox versus PS three, for Soul Caliber four. And fun fact, Yoda yeah. was broken as shit. Link was also broken Not as shit. Not in the same Link, way Yoda I thought, was. I
1: thought Link was on all the consoles. No. Oh, okay. I just remember playing with Link a lot, but maybe it was because I was playing on a GameCube. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he's on the GameCube version, Yeah, but he was broken as fuck, too. Yeah. There was he fun- played like a uh, faster
1: Sophitia, and I play the heck out of a good Sophitia.
2: He also apparently had juggles where he had a hundred percent combos. Yeah, that's
1: that that's like that's so feet, yeah.
0: <laughs> and spawning a weapon <laughs> that could kill someone in two hits. So it, maybe yeah. DLC characters or maybe guest characters are bad, but <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: but yeah, that's
1: just uh, that's what that remind me of. But yeah, now now that would yeah that's that's
0: not a thing now, not so much. Yeah, Nah, I. Time will tell on this one. I. It's yeah. cool seeing as a developer as big as Bungie go self-publishing, kind of in a defiant move. We'll see if it pays off. Like if this could become the trend, if it if this is fruitful, I think you'll see more of it. And I like I, I hesitate. Well, to it's like it. me. Well, it's
1: like for me. It's like if on a free-to-play game, if I like the game, I will. I'll. I will buy stuff to to exactly. support the developers. Like for well, still the only MMORPG that I still play, Terra. Yeah, I I bought stuff in that because I liked the game enough where I wanted to buy stuff for it, so I bought cosmetics because I was like, hey, I like this game and I want to support the development of it. I'll totally buy a Flying Llama mount for my character. Yeah,
0: yeah I... It's up in the air, like, it's, it's kind of a dangerous comparison to make so I don't know how it's going to shake out yet, like, this kind of feels like Blizzard pre the Activision purchase for merger. Mm. Yeah. And we all know how that went, don't we, Alex?
2: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That does it for Destiny 2 talk. Um, it's time for our sealed envelope, sort of, because it's kind of happening around us. We've managed to be oblivious of it. Pre E3 discussions. if you've never caught
2: it's that time again yes if
0: you've not caught our podcast in previous years we're now going to make a variety of wide crazy predictions jokes references and a variety of other things that may or may not prove useful but it's fun anyway because e3 is a dumpster fire this year we're just heaping more firewood upon it let's go uh so before we get going actually sorry i shouldn't have said let's go we are aware that like an e3 press conference is about to start in minutes of this recording be a us recording this podcast. We have not watched anything except the Stadia and Destiny thing because they weren't technically E3. But yeah, the the EA thing has already happened as of this recording. None of us have watched it, and it's been weirdly easy to avoid news out of it, which leads me to believe it wasn't that important. But yeah, I expect kind of our in-depth analysis, if you will, of E3 proceedings and news and drama and all that jazz next week. uh, We hope you appreciate the next couple minutes, because it's gonna be wild. So, uh, starting us off, uh, E3 is our first press conference, technically. Do we get more Anthem news out of it? (laughs) That is the correct answer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, oh boy. How many super villain, Bond villain-ass outfits do you think the EA press conference is? 100% or 90? (sighs) Ah,
2: 100%. (laughs) 100%. We'll <laughs> go with
0: the 100%. feels like a accurate guess. Hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah,
2: Probably. I don't know.
0: <laughs> so let's be a little more serious I guess for a quick second because we we should be. What do we think comes out of the EA press conference like in all seriousness if they stick to previous year's Which which the one? The EA one. Oh, the EA one. Uh
1: uh sports ball yeah I, I, sports ball
0: i was gonna say i'm assuming it sticks to previous years meaning they'll show off like three or four indie games talk about they'll bring out a couple sports people to talk about sports i really hope they have the wrong sports person to talk about not their sport the in this year but I, oh <laughs>
1: i want bring, like bring a- in somebody that's uh, bring in a hockey player preferably somebody with a really thick accent of some type to talk about American football. Yeah, that's,
0: what, that's, that's exactly what I want. I want, like, Dmitri Stalingrad talking about American baseball, being like, yes, this, <laughs> this is baseball. It's a sport for weak men.
2: <laughs> can, can we just have Nikolai Tracksuit lead
0: a whole... He owns EA. Have you seen um, those press conferences with those guys <laughs> that are obviously there to kill James Bond if he shows up? <laughs> like every single ea presenter is like on the verge of saying no mr bond i expect you to die <laughs> i watch every year okay. on the hopes that like MidSance one will we'll go ah mr bond thank you for joining us my goons will be with you in a second as i was saying madden that's why I watched the ECE3 press conference. reminded just how fucking supervillain-ass corporate cultures can get. Yeah. Hmm. I, I assume we'll see more of that Star Wars game that they showed off. I don't know how well it'll be received because I'm not sure how well anything Star Wars will be received at this point. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, do you think we got anything new out of E3 this year? Or out of well, EA? Yeah, you mean... Uh- EA? Yeah. Uh,
2: I I predict we will get updates on the new Madden. They'll make the previous I Madden said
0: new, goddammit, not predictable. Like. New. Yeah.
2: For EA, this is That's fucking fair. new.
0: I can't fight you on that one, yeah. Okay.
2: So, he, here's let me give you a rundown on how this is going to go. You're going to have a new, let's say, new sports ball game presented sure. right mm-hmm. you have a pro player come out like a pro gamer who, who's won a previous title on one of their esport events come out and talk shit to some dude he played a long time ago they'll bring them both on stage they'll do a scenario matchup where we get to watch or they'll have a bunch of youtubers who don't really know anything about the game but they're getting paid because they got okay, that influencer status play a fucking I to game a
0: do we show shots of the Influencer Lounge like we had last year? Like, do we <coughs> show that dystopian oh, abso- nightmare of a bunch of completely. people oh. not watching the stream, just streaming EA games with a bored, blank, like, drugged out expression on their faces? Abso- and in that same vein, do you think we see a celebrity that should not be playing video games, high as shit, playing video games as part of the EA press conference?
1: Badly.
2: Okay. Playing badly, so here's, of course. Here's what we need to do, and I wish we had done this sooner, but let's do this. We need to put together a 3 or like a presenter fucking bingo sure. board of shit we would expect to happen, and then every time something happens, which you know fucking will, we
0: play bingo. Like, we should just we're, do we're that. We're kind of doing That's that like... now. Maybe this is how we cover E3 next year. Like we we've, we've, we've talked over the press conferences before. Maybe it's time for us all to be in the same location again and do this bingo thing. But yes, I, I, I'm i hoping to have that set bingo up next year. Bingo slash drinking bet. game. Yes.
2: Okay, so you'll have the influencers playing yep. the game. That'll be there. They'll be excited about showing you a bunch of new mechanics and physics and really focus on the physics of the game and Madden and look at how do this works. Do you think they say grass so tech? Oh, that'll be great. <sighs> grass tech.
1: I have to say the only... Like, Celebrity Mm. brought on to play a game that I've ever seen that was, like, really entertaining and good. Robin Williams did a thing for Spore. And it's, uh, if you haven't seen the video of it, it's actually fantastic and wonderful. But that's literally the only example I can think of that's ever happened where it was actually fun, entertaining. The person playing the game was actually good at the game. Like, Robin Williams was, he plays video, he he played video games. I mean, that's, it, we, we know that. And he was actually really, really good at working with the tools that, and working with the game. Like, he knew actually how to play the game. So that, and, yeah. and he's Robin Williams, so, of course, he will super entertaining. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I want to see which awkward celebrity they drag onto the stage that's, you know, yeah. that's willing to come to E3. Yeah.
2: So, uh, I'll throw in, yeah, we definitely have at least two sports game announcements. One of them being Madden and the other one being FIFA, which is obviously a fucking given. Yeah, they may do something with hockey and be like, "Yeah, no, hockey's still a thing. We still own the license. Fuck you all." Um, so there'll be that. Mm. Um, anthem. Whenever somebody brings up Anthem, they'll talk about the physics and Madden have gotten improved. I don't here. think they say the word <laughs>
0: Anthem once. Like, I think if you say like, I think if you yelled, "What hat? What about Anthem?" to that press conference. The um, EA presenter robot time would just kind of pause for a second, go, oh, that's nothing, and then move on, Westworld style. Like they had been programmed, obviously. Yes, I know they were super villains a second ago, but now they're presenter robots to not recognize the word anthem. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: Beep boop. What is anthem?
0: What about anthem? Yeah. Yes, as so... you can see, we have four new Star Wars games coming. But <laughs> what anthem? Star Wars!
2: Yeah. So, <sighs> I, yeah, I just... EA's conference,
0: EA's conference is always so shit. Like, about, I watch it because it's terrible yeah. at this point. It's, yeah. I go into low expectations, and every year I'm like, yup, this was what I expected.
2: But you know what it won't have, though? It won't have the cringe factor that Sony conferences have had in the past. They're very much like, hey, this is what we're doing
0: for your money this year, assholes. Give us your fucking. See, money. I love that honesty. I, I kind of love that approach. I, I wish every press conference started off with y'all fucking addicted to video games.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: It seems we have tapped the EA well dry, if you will. Um, next up is Microsoft. Uh, they got out beforehand saying they have 14 new games coming this year to the Xbox yeah. platform, if you will, including the live, including the like, PC ports of stuff. I, I'm i assuming we see Gears 5, which I would be super excited to see. I assume we see more of those two other Gears of War games, potentially, because they showed them last year. I, I, I'm expecting to get a, a set of Gears release dates. I only care personally about Gears 5 and um, the Funko Gears game, because Life is a Nightmare and that exists. But... <laughs> Do you think... I, I'm assuming we'll see more about Halo Infinite as part of this. Uh, yeah. Def- of other... Oh, yeah. They're definitely going to make a big deal of that. Yeah. I Some stuff leaked already early for that Ninja Theory game. I'm blanking on the name of it now. I should have made more note um, on this. Hold on. I, I think I know what you're talking
1: about. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, they are the people who made Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Yeah. They, uh, bleeding... Oh, Bleeding Edge.
0: Yeah. It's apparently a melee 4v4 multiplayer game or something. i
1: Sounds wild. The art, very image much,
0: for it. I found very off-putting. much not
1: like the uh, first game. <laughs> very much not like Hellblade's a New Sacrifice. No, no, which, you're still descending the way, into
0: Viking hell to rescue your boyfriend, husband thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they, by the way, amazing game. Yeah. I picked it up. It's
1: it's freaking yep. amazing. But but in any case, yeah, their their new game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: that, that's it. Would make so. S- what do you- I'm assuming we see what the fucking Xbox Crimson is or Scarlet, Mm, whatever the hell that thing's actually called like, I I assume they talk about that in a meaningful way and also like, does that Project X Cloud thing they've been talking about like, I think they have to unveil and they've teased they're going to their streaming stuff do you think we see an Xbox One X Scorpio whatever the fuck it's called these days that's aimed at streaming
1: hmm that's interesting, that's an interesting idea
0: uh, that was a question. I guess. Because there's
1: this, there's this greater and greater like embrace of the idea of streaming. Yeah. Like by by uh, you know, and it's a obviously just a smart money move yeah. by all these companies. But yeah, huh. Um, what do you think? Do you think they'll uh, see? My thought is maybe. Well, right now, you know, in the past, I'd say in the honestly, there's been a huge breakout in the fighting game community in the fighting game market. Like a lot of. Games coming out. Well, I mean, Xenoverse has just been, you know, super popular and killing it. Um, you know, Dragon Ball Fight. You know, Dragon Ball Fighters. I mean, it's it's, you know, uh, and so uh, do you think they'll do kill, a, Killer Instinct, a Killer Instinct? I would
0: love for more Ki. I don't think so. I, I I'll I,
1: just because yeah. yeah. I was just wondering. You know, it's one of the, it's one of the titles that. You know they they've done a newer one a few years ago, but they haven't done one recently in the past few. So I mean I'm like, Microsoft is, but I mean the amount of games that they you know that they said that they're gonna you know basically be releasing just shows how big their umbrella has gotten, how many game companies that they've kind of taken under their wing. It's it's interesting. That's a ton of games that they're that they're that they're set to release. But yeah, they definitely have a very wide umbrella now of of, of companies.
3: Yeah, they kill. Um,
0: Ki
1: is one of their home. I would
0: love ones. to see Ki come back. I really would, but something that's going but, to. Yeah, yeah. that that Ki would be nice. Yeah. Do we would. see like so? I'm a hundred percent sure we're going to see something for Cyberpunk at E3. Do you yeah. think we oh, see yeah. Cyberpunk as part of the Microsoft press conference? Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I, I think it's compared just, uh, to the other options, it makes the most sense, and they were part of it last year. Like, it's it's them or the PC gaming yeah. show, and Cyberpunk is too big a deal. Like, sorry, PC gaming show. Cyberpunk is too big a deal to put there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, well, the PC show is is for, has been used for a lot of, you know, not necessarily, not necessarily the
0: AAA people. Fucking I mean, Star Citizen was part of it last year, so who knows what the hell that show is? Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Anything more for Microsoft? are We good to move on.
2: Um, I I don't know if you guys had mentioned this yet, but Fable. Mm.
3: Oh yeah! No, we haven't.
1: Really? That.
3: Yeah. I haven't
1: heard. I haven't heard like actual proper rumors about Fable. It's allegedly fable, a back but...
0: to basics Fable too, like in the air in the style of Fable One or Two.
2: Hmm.
0: Interesting. Be good.
2: Uh, I'd be down for something like that because I was actually kind of excited about the uh, the the online thing, yeah. game that was potentially the multiplayer out. one. I got to, I actually got into the beta for yeah, I got into the beta for that one. And then uh, that game yeah,
0: was cool. Calling it out. fable was a bad choice.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Next so. yeah. Next one. Yeah. Next one. Bethesda. Uh, to preface it, I guess they've already got out there and said Starfield and other scrolls. Six will not be at. Nothing will be shown for those things. Maybe they'll mention them. How do you think this year handles Fallout seventy six?
2: Did they say they're gonna have? They have. They have to address
0: it like that. That that has come out since last year's E three. You have to acknowledge Fallout seventy six. I think.
1: Yeah, they have. They
2: already said they. Sorry, go ahead. No, I
1: was just going to say, they have to do some, I mean, announce something with it, I mean, because it's still a game that is, in theory, supported. So,
2: I will tell you right now, they're going to brush it off. They'll Mm. bring it up and say something like, oh, you know, hey, we had a little bit of a rocky start, but the game's popular and doing better than ever. Guarantee you're going to hear some shit like that. Do you think... Would not surprise me at all.
0: I think the kind of confirmed locks are Doom Eternal and have Wolfenstein Youngblood. Do you think we get a Wolfenstein three tease? Hmm. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean yeah. that's it's a it's been a
1: wildly popular franchise. Yeah, so I mean well,
0: they the makers have said it's a trilogy. Like they're ending it in the BJ yeah. Blaskowitz's arc ends in three and two definitely set it up for a third to be the finale. Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How much Doom Eternal do you think we see?
2: Doom Eternal, I don't know. New trailer,
1: but uh, oh, you you know what? Uh, But what do you think that they might introduce in a new trailer? Like what do you like? That would make people go, "Ooh!" I think uh, they show off the sword
0: mechanics. They because they showed off the Doom Slayer sword in that trailer Mm. from DoomCon last year. I think they show off how that works. Okay. Yeah, maybe okay. some more weapons. Yeah, like yeah, They've yeah. had this like an open world aspect to the game or something. I think you show off. Or, or, there's more like I guess openness to the game. I think you show off kind of how some of that works. Like fuck the um Doom trailer we have so far has that like chain shot shotgun underslung thing. So just more of yeah. that, and I'd be like, hmm, yes, this is good, good. Yeah, like um maybe Rage yeah. two DLC. I. Uh, the guys that made Prey hmm. have been have been quiet for a while so maybe something from that but I don't know.
1: Oh, here's something that I that I that I caught uh, somebody kind of reported on this. Uh Shinji Mikami has been spotted around E3. And so huh. pe- people are wondering if there's going to be an Evil Within sequel.
0: That could be cool. Announced. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be interesting.
1: I mean, he might just be there because he's just a luminary, and he's there because it's it's E3. No, but that that would be Bethesda, yeah. I mean, that's that's evil, yeah. I mean, that I that's I, that's that. I'll put that down as one of my predictions. Yeah, no, that, that's... evil with an evil evil within sequel, yeah. as far as things that they haven't mentioned yet. Like, but yeah, it, it, if people don't know, I mean, Shinji Mikami is the director of Evil Within. Is all, but he's way more famous for Resident Evil. So. Yeah. Just just gonna put that out there,
0: so sure, like anything we'd want to see from Bethesda like it kind of sounds like anything we'd care about has been like no no, 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 like i I assume we won't see a new fallout game teased of all kinds cause that sounds like a very bad taste thing, like new doom yeah. is teased, it's already coming like i i I wouldn't object yeah. to a new i p but also like I'm not sure what Bethesda owns at this point, aside for doom and Wolfenstein that I care about, like yeah. Rage two was a bad enough taste in my mouth that they're like, "Yo, Rage two DLC." I'd be like, "No."
1: Well, that's actually kind of a part of my a meta commentary I have over all of these sort of games that have been announced, sure. which is which is, uh, it's all sequels. It's it's all sequels. Yeah. Every practically everything that's been pre announced by all of the companies have been sequels, and that's kind of like the okay i mean that's fine i'm not i don't have a problem with sequels to games and i don't have a problem with game franchises but sometimes it seems like that's all we get and i'm a person that kind of thirsts for new content and you know some to see something really new but yeah but it's also understandable that you might want to continue a popular and a beloved franchise no matter what that franchise may be
0: no i'm but, I'm with you on this i wouldn't mind seeing bethesda take a risk on something. I've I know yeah. I know in their mind, Starfield is like their big upcoming risk, and yeah, that's Bethesda proper. But I, mm-hmm. they have some talented studios. I'm not sure I want another Prey, because I yeah. be like that new Prey, but I wouldn't mind a new IP for yeah. them.
2: Yeah. Um, I think they will be happy to announce that the Fallout 76 collector bags, the Canvas ones, are mm-hmm. finally shipping out next week.
1: <laughs> uh... Yeah. That's a that's a real thing. Will by the Andrew way. WK <laughs> be
3: there or not?
1: That guy lights up a room. Yeah, I I am a fan of Andrew WK. Yeah, how much he's Andrew just, WK? Just,
0: not will he be there? Because I assume he's just there, like I'm I'm hanging out. But like, how much yeah. Andrew WK will the C three contain?
1: Will Will they bring him on stage? Is the question. yeah? See, of the celebrities that can just make anything into something entertaining, he can do that.
0: I like w- yeah. Andrew WK
1: you will you will whatever he does on stage you will be entertained yeah. doesn't matter if he knows how to play the game worth worth it crap or not he's he's going to be entertaining
0: the man doesn't play the game he parties with the characters that's Sandra wk yeah <laughs> yeah uh
3: yeah
0: yeah uh, next up the PC gaming show powered by epic games store uh maybe we yeah. see borderlands as part of this I, I'm gonna another Star Citizen trailer because fuck it, why not? I maybe some Death Garden. I I I never know what the fuck this show is because it's
1: Yeah, PC gaming is a mixed bag. We don't know what we're gonna I mean it's it's the same thing as like the Devolver Digital Oh, we'll talk the,
0: about that one soon enough. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. But the PC gaming is a Yeah, it's a mixed bag. Um I don't know. I it's 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 too wide of a category for me to throw any particular I, uh-
0: I hope they continue their trend of every year since I started paying attention to it I've seen something went, huh that looks cool and weird, and then it was cool and weird and it came out, and I'm like, yep, that was cool and weird I hope they keep that trend Like, I I, I tune into this thing at this point to be like that's not for me, but people will enjoy that, I think, or like, I'm definitely getting that
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely pull way more out of the PC gaming uh, showcase that I
0: get out of any of the other ones, to be perfectly honest, straight up Anything we want to see from that aside for Gabe Newell get on stage and be like, "I have nothing to announce," then shuffle off. <laughs> um, hmm, do some knife tricks.
1: I don't know. Do you, th- do you think they'll? Do you think there's going to be introduction of any interesting PC gaming hardware?
0: Is that thing they do in the past? Uh,
2: I don't know if they introduce hardware. They may show off some more stuff from AMD's new Ryzen. Maybe, line. yeah, Maybe. yeah, yeah. That's. Um, there are also rumors of a forty-seven. 47- Or, uh, sorry, a 2070 overclock or something like that that matches the base model 20 or something. But I don't, Mm. not exactly a TI, but something close to it. But like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's the only stuff I can think of. Maybe they'll talk about like some, yeah.
1: I mean, that's the thing that they often do. I mean, that's, it makes sense. But I'm that's, I'm just wondering if they, yeah, if they'll announce something really big or new when it comes to any sort of hardware technology as opposed to just software. Anyway,
0: yeah, Goat Simulator 2. Yeah,
2: I, <laughs> Maybe some refreshes on some capture cards from uh, Elgato, whatever. No, that makes oh, sense, yeah. actually. Maybe. Yeah, like
0: I, if they want to take like, ten minutes yeah. to explain ray tracing to me, also, I'd appreciate that. Yeah.
1: Oh, I uh, I can explain ray tracing. No, no, to I you.
0: I know what it is, but I want to like, I want people that aren't like familiar with tech to explain ray tracing because I get why it's important, but I need a video to aim people at where it's like, no, no, it's not just light. It's also sound and directionality. It's like, it's, it's the physics of non-physical things and that's why it's important. But
3: yeah.
2: Yeah. I I can't think of anything else in particular other than maybe a few hardware refreshes, maybe some Razer stuff and Corsair stuff, but I doubt they even have, I don't think they would get staged. No. But they who knows?
1: They'll they'll have a booth, but they usually don't go on stage to talk about it unless they have something extraordinary, which I don't see any I can't think of any hardware that right now that would be particular particularly extraordinary or just like mind blowing enough to actually want to take up some stage time for it.
2: Yeah, because AMD already did their big stuff yeah. at Computex a few weeks ago.
0: Calling it now, the CEO yeah. of Nvidia gets out there and shoots the CEO of AMD on stage. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> Right, this gangland-style shoots him through the back of the head and tosses a couple bucks on him and walks away. <laughs> Ubisoft! Mm. Division 2 Uh,
2: season update. Yeah. Because yeah. there is a season pass, so I would assume a season update of what's coming and what to expect on that. Uh, let's see what else. Maybe another Assassin's Creed game? we're about 2? Yeah,
0: time. definitely. That Viking stuff came out. We might see some of that. It would make sense. That we're at that point in the cycle definitely. I speaking of cycles, I think um stuff has leaked enough about Watch Dogs 3. I think you'll see something. What's that Watch oh, yeah. Dogs yeah. Legion?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if maybe maybe they'll show off some of the stuff but it might be Anthem-esque, where they just show off like a cinematic for it, but there's no actual gameplay. I don't know. I don't know how far they are into it, but yeah, it might be like they do that weird scripted mission, like they did for Anthem last year for uh, for that. So who knows? But yeah, I don't really see a lot coming out of Ubisoft. You nope. Know, well, think uh, they of. have like, to there's... show
0: off Beyond Good and Evil too. Oh yeah. Like they yeah. They, yeah. they have to keep showing that off. I'm not. Sh- I've
1: looked at. It. I'm not sure how I feel about it. It just. it's just. Thematically, so wildly different from the first one, just even the art style and everything. It's just like I am a huge fan of the first game. I'm with you on this I one. but I love the game, but you know that's a whole topic in its own, but yeah, uh, they're definitely yeah, I, I think they have to say something about it. maybe a new new trailer.
0: yeah i I think they'll mention Ghost Recon. I don't think Ghost Recon will be a bigger thing. Mm-hmm. They, they've talked about it so much that that had its own little press conference and everything. That was all glorious nightmare. I think maybe you show a trailer, maybe you don't. Uh, new Splinter Cell. I think they oh, already. I think good. they already announced. No, they about have not. It. Um.
1: Uh. Think, no. I'm thinking of something else. But uh, no, no, they have. Or uh, oh yeah, well, possibility actually. I think that's... There's been rumors for a while. That yeah, rumors of Splinter the newer Splinter Cell, yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah they might. They've um, got some roller derby I,
0: game coming out, I guess, through that. Something leaked about that, that I'm sure yeah, we'll more Yeah,
1: I about. saw I saw something about that. A new uh, they're doing a sequel to the, uh, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Oh, God! I, I like turn-based strategy games. To, uh, to, you know, Tactical RPGs I are do my too. jam.
0: that wasn't a good one,
1: but uh, uh, other than that, um, you know what? You know what? A what uh, are their li- or one of their franchises that they haven't done a game on in ages? Mm-hmm. Prince of Persia.
0: I feel like that, that franchise is dead.
1: One. But why? There's nothing about it that really dates. it. Ah,
0: uh, because they killed it. They had that one like rebranding of it that everyone hated collectively and then tried putting out a more traditional sands of time game after that and it did not go over well cuz the franchise was poisoned at that point
1: but they but they you know what they did another prince of Persia game after that one that was this sort of cell shaded really colorful that's one that's saying.
0: that's one that people hated i loved that oh one. most people did not that, go that did not go over well with a lot that, of people
1: i lo- i loved that one a lot because it just felt good to play it was very different from the others in a for in a lot of ways because it didn't use it, it didn't use the rewind mechanic at all not really um but i found that game incredibly fun i loved the art style for it i preferred that art style and the and the color palette over the other games hands down i think people like the visuals
0: so, i remember not liking the how the combat worked like it cuz it was kind of, it was big bosses almost all the time like all the bo- all the fights were like not hard but more involved than I want them to be necessarily. But
1: yeah, but yeah, I mean that's that's a franchise that you know, it could be easily revived. I mean, it's not like you can't revive a franchise that had a at an unpopular game in no, it. Yeah, no. It's been years now. It's been years now since the last Prince of Persia game came out. So that's that's what I would like to see throw that down on my uh on my predictions. New new Prince of Persia
0: what could a Prince of Persia game do that Assassin's Creed doesn't at this
1: point? I mean that that's that's a thought. That's actually something in my mind. Um, uh, anything, a lot. I mean, you could do. I mean, it's just a world you can set things fair. in when it comes comes down to it.
0: No, that's fair. I mean,
1: it just you know what what are you going to? I mean, it's like what are your killer mechanic? What's your killer mechanic going to be? I mean, you know, in the Sands of Time series, obviously the time rewind mechanic, but yeah, I don't know. That's, but I, that's something I'd like to see. I don't know if we'll see it, but I'll throw that. go ahead and throw that down in my
0: predictions. I hate myself for saying this, but if they were to get out there and say like a Sands of Time trilogy remastered, I might be down for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that too. That'd be cool, because, yeah, the graphics on the old ones, they 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 did not age that Maybe well. Maybe like an RE2-style
0: reboot gl- of the original one. Like, it's a remake, I guess, not a remaster. I don't know. I I love that first mm-hmm. one a lot. The sequels were a little more polarizing, but
1: yeah, first one's fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah. unless sure you get the soundtrack from the second one again, unless sure you'd want to either. But mm-hmm. all that bad heavy metal. I
1: uh, <laughs> ready to move on. Yeah, they went, they went, they went '90s grim dark yeah. for the second one. But
0: but anyways, round like the drowning <laughs> pool. i uh, ready to move on to Square <laughs> Enix. Sure, squeenix it is. Squeenix had a terrible for those not familiar uh press conference last year, but we are also like two years out from near this year. I think they've already been confirmed they're going to talk about uh what's it called? Uh, the Avengers game they have. Um Yeah. It'd make a lot of sense to oh, talk yeah. about that uh Final Fantasy remake that some trailers got out there for. I think they've already confirmed mm-hmm. they're going to. I there's the ge- Yeah, the, I've Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I've, I've talked a bit about like uh Yeah, I've I've talked a bit about like how I feel about that remaster, but anyways. Um it looks like they also have something called Babylon's Fall, whatever that is.
0: That's yeah, from Platinum, so I'm curious. Yeah.
1: Um but yeah, I'm not super interested. I mean, I I'm sitting here and I can literally just look over to my left and see my original PlayStation copy of Final Fantasy 7. I I just still have it. I just still own it. It's just, and it was why I bought a PlayStation. But yeah, I'm not super interested. But yeah, I, I think we'll definitely
0: seeing, see. I would mind saying something weird from them. Like Near Automata was the last weird thing Squeenix got behind. It worked out real well for them. Like I, mm-hmm. it, it always feels like Squeenix at this point is our chance for, like the truly Japanese style of games still, which I know Jeff was a huge fan of them, and I am too to a lesser extent, but like. It feels like there's a real void of that in modern games. stuff. Like, Atlas does their thing every once in a while, but I, I would love to see kind of some of those large, like, swooping RPGs to come back and a... Maybe not a meaningful... Like, I, I don't need have... more 100-hour RPGs in my life, but, like, the visual spectacle of some of those games I miss.
1: Um, I mean, there's... The, you know, Squeenix isn't the only people that do RPGs, Sure. You know? Like, I mean, like, I mean, like, uh, I guess it's not the same, but, like, Nippon Ichi... Is always really cool stuff. Yeah,
0: it's more the production value Squeenix put into games that I. Yeah, yeah. That's more what I'm getting at, I guess.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, as far as being a, a visual visual masterpiece okay. of the sort, yeah. I get that.
0: But who published also, judge? I don't know. Is it possible that it could be a Squeenix thing? Because that'd be cool to see like a more. As cool as that would be, like, do you think we get a sequel? and like, maybe not a sequel, sequel, but like something equally what the fuck as the Quiet Man? Because remember, Square Enix brought us the Quiet Man.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we've made our thoughts on it very clear, but at least they tried. I mean, they're they're. I mean, you know what? They're exper- exploring, experimenting. Yeah. Which, as I mentioned before, eh, not all AAA companies are interested in doing that.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: but uh, oh, I what don't... about a new Deus Ex? Sure, I'd be down for that.
0: I, I, think the, Deus I mean, Ex got I, I like shelved though, and yeah. I, I think launching a Deus Ex anywhere near the time that Cyberpunk is coming out is a yeah exceptionally that's bad is...
1: move. You're, you're, uh, I don't know. I mean, we're or it'd be a exceptionally smart
0: move because you want to catch on with the trend. I think you have to get it out before Cyberpunk comes out, if it's coming out after. Like, if they get up there and be like, yo, Deus Ex launches in September, look forward to it, then you're fine. I think if it's like, Cyberpunk launches in November, we're also launching in November, then you're fucked.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's there's too much hype over Cyberpunk.
0: And the last Deus Ex wasn't good enough to, like, get people going about it. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, uh, yeah, agreed. But uh, that was just a thought.
1: I mean, you know, it's just you know, there again, it's 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 a franchise they own.
3: Yeah.
1: No. But I, yeah, I, I'd like to, I'd like to see some yeah you know, crazy JRPG come out of it as well. I mean, I mean, for me, like that that niche has been filled by the Persona games, which are JRPG. As 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 AF, you know, it's like, yeah, those the, but yeah, yeah, I'd like to see Squeenix do some more Squeenix. So yeah, I don't, I don't think I can't
2: think of anything else they
0: would. I can't either. That's the problem. Yeah, like I, they technically publish, um, what's it, uh, State of Emergency? What's that crazy game with Rico Rodriguez in it? That's Avalanche made. I'm blanking
1: on the name. Just Cause,
0: like. Oh yeah, just cause yeah. Maybe new just cause.
1: Um, no, it's it's too soon after the last and one the last came one out. Didn't do so, great. I, yeah, and the last one didn't do great, so I don't expect to see that. Yeah, I I don't think it's a dead franchise. I just think it's way too soon after the last one. But yeah, um, I mean honestly, I'm more interested in seeing what each like the the new stuff that the some of these companies yeah. might put out. Yeah, you know, something. That's not a sequel or or an existing license that's you know not an existing franchise or a license that being said, though, I mean I'm also excited to see some licenses and some franchises continue,
0: yeah, but yeah we good yeah, for a screen X, right. yeah, devolver digital uh let's not even mm. bother talking about the games. How many people will be maimed or shot on stage this year? at least do you think we'll get will we get resolution about how their CEO is now Robocop
2: (laughs) yes also uh, it's going to be a Gallagher type performance for their press conference the first two rows need to have uh, anti-rain and you know that, that, that little fucking poncho you get from the Jurassic Park ride at Universal Studios, before you get on, you're gonna need that. Yeah. Putting that there, but I don't know. They're, all, they're also a weird bunch. I appreciate their trolley quirkiness.
0: I didn't but. the first time I the first time I saw it. I did not. Last year though, because I knew it was coming. I'm like, okay, I'm down. I'm down. I'm. Yeah, I they have
1: their library of games is amazing honestly yeah. like they have they have some really i mean some really really cool games i have to say like like katana zero i haven't picked it up but i am kind of interested in that it, it looks it looks cool it looks interesting
0: so the the big one for me is what is metal wolf chaos do you think we finally get a release oh, date yes. for that ah, yes please ah that
1: for those not in the know, Metal Wolf Chaos was for the original Xbox and, but it's and it wasn't released in the US as far as there I know. There are ways to get it, it but yeah. Yeah. But oh, it's such a gonzo ridiculous game. It deserves... People, not a more good game but to it's play that. No. Yeah, it's it's gonzo. It is crazy. It is yeah, and I I want to see, you know, this, you know, it's going to be an HD update remake of a game that was already completely insane to begin with. So, yeah, I think that's super cool.
0: Oh, do you think we'll see Sang for Serious Sam?
1: Hmm, that's something that's something year. they haven't Yeah, they haven't they haven't done anything with Serious Sam not really in a while. No, no. Oh, uh, uh oh yeah, there is Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, I saw this one before, mentioned before. Uh I can't pronounce it. Uh uh Aitor it's one of the games that they have coming out. Sure. and that one looks kind of it's it's another pixel artish game. Ah, which, one you of know, those. I've I've already made my my feelings clear on that, but it's a this is a it it looks cool and I kind of like the isometric RPG games to be honest. So I mean, uh, yeah, I, that that one seems kind of cool, but and they haven't. There's not a whole lot about it right now, but yeah, I think Serious Sam would be very cool to to see something like that. I own I own Serious Sam, I've played a good bit of them. And it's just, you know, if you want just you know, like, FPS-ass FPS, that's a game you pick up and play. <laughs> you know, just the purest form of the FPS in a certain sense. Yeah. But yeah, I want to see what, if they just come out with something completely wild, that's what I'm kind of and that's what they because do. because that's what they do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to see the next crazy, wild, ridiculous thing that they come out with next. I'm, I, I'm definitely into that.
0: I also want them to up the body count this round. A minimum of no less than five people killed on stage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you think the Devolver Coin, the totally useless physical cryptocurrency, will be mentioned as part of this uh, press conference? <laughs> uh... Um.
2: Maybe in passing, I think cryptocurrency kind of died, so I don't we have a reason to meme it up.
0: Mm. <laughs> a piece of plastic with a randomly assigned value that changes daily.
1: Yeah, well, I mean yeah. that's literally every currency.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, Indeed. But, but just saying, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not defending their their pointless currency, but I'm just saying that's all currency. That's all fair. currency does that.
0: Nintendo. Hmm.
2: Smash Brothers update. For sure. But
0: what characters?
2: Oh fuck, I don't know. It's some sort of weird Dante. franchise. Hmm. Uh, you think Dante?
1: That yeah. Devil May
0: Cry games on the Switch now.
1: Dante's made his way into uh, a few games now, so that would be unsurprising.
0: on, Dante. Yeah? Uh General expectations: we are gonna get Luigi's Mansion three, Bayonetta three, Metroid Prime four, and a shit ton of Pokemon stuff. Um, it'll be a new Zelda game. No. Uh,
2: what about? Due well, for a well new they're Zelda they're
1: game. announcing a remake anyway of of uh, of uh of uh of an older Zelda game. So I mean, that's already been announced. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, uh, Link's Awakening, the one that was on the original Game Boy. Okay. So I mean that's, but it's it's not new. But I mean it's it's another Zelda title. But the Metroid one is the one I've been you know possibility of Metroid is that's the franchise that they haven't had a a new Switch game for. Now they already had a remake of Metroid Two, on it. Well, this is Prime the so Metroid Two the... remake. Yeah, it's it's the Prime series, and it's returned to Armature Studios. Yeah, you know they they're like yeah we're we're actually not good with the metroid series other m was like well, yeah widely panned if you, you know to say the least yeah. but yeah so let's give it back to the people who can do this whole fps metroid thing right and now that they're now that the team you know armature studios is no longer has to work on bloodstains so much they could actually devote time to it yeah if you didn't know yeah armature was one of these several in studios involved in Making sure bloodstained actually actually gets released, but uh, yeah, now now they'll be able to really devote their time more fully to making a another really good Metroid Prime game. So I think yeah. that's uh, I I'd like I that's something I'd like to see, and I think it's uh, there's a high uh, pretty high possibility of it. There again, it's one of their you know their big franchises that they generally they they put it on every console one way or another. Yeah. But yeah, um. Think we'll see something think? new?
2: It's also going to be... Uh,
1: no. No?
2: Yes. I think we'll see a new president show up on stage. Because oh, yeah. This will be the oh, yeah.
0: Nintendo without Reggie. Oh, yeah. Reggie. Bowser in the house. Okay, yeah, how many Bowser house. jokes so, ex- do you think expect- he makes about being named Bowser?
2: Oh, a I don't know. What's the measurement for metric fuck Metric fuckton. <laughs> on that one? Yeah. What's the conversion on that to... Uh,
0: Shitloads. <laughs> um, I think it's two metric fuck tons for every shitload. <laughs>
2: there you go. So, yeah. <laughs> there will be a lot. Yeah.
1: Do you, I imagine we'll see a lot of that in the audience, in the possibility in the audience, too. A certain amount well, of people holding up signs. I mean, it's the direct audience kind of thing. Oh, okay. Oh,
0: it's a direct. Okay. So, do you think they're self aware enough to when he comes on, when he first shows up? They play with that Mario Kart Bowser roar thing, that like rah, sound, something, something.
1: They're gonna do so, something because they've <laughs> already they've already the recognized it. I mean, he's already recognized it. They they they've already kind of played around with that. So I imagine, you know, as as weirdly awkward as it will be, they'll they'll do something like that. Sure, and it'll be charming and not cringy at all. Ready
0: for our last big fish? I can't
2: think of anything else.
0: Sure. Sony, who's not going to be there, but I suspect there'll be some announcements that come out this week from them in some way, shape, or form. Do you think, like, obviously you won't have a press conference, but like, do you think we get a release date for anything? Like, maybe the argument is we already have a release date for Death Stranding ahead of schedule, and that's your big announcement for E3, Sony.
1: Last of Us Part 2.
0: Okay, you think we'll get a release date for that? I don't, do we? No, we don't. That's what I'm asking. I don't,
1: I don't I don't I don't think we do. Yeah, I don't think we do. So that's and that's that's a Sony thing, so
2: uh Hideo Kojima will walk out. Walk out he where he, he can't be on a again. stage. He will find he's Hideo there. Kojima. He'll find a stage and people will gather around. Yeah. And he'll show off a trailer from his cell phone <laughs> and people will overanalyze that shit. And he said, yeah, no, I put together to fuck with
1: you guys. Okay, so, so I, uh, I I have to no, joke. You know I what think. he's actually going to share? He's just going to ser- share a series of selfies that he took with all of these actors that he obviously just likes so much, and that's the only reason they're in the game. Or,
0: <laughs> and I wish this was my joke, I think I got this off of Reddit, but like, or he gets out there and just says, after spending so many years making a game about snakes, it was time I made a game about ladders. <sighs> oh... so we're pretty sure there's not going to be almost anything out of sony this year like we're not expecting much because they're obviously not there in presence but like
1: yeah but do you think they're going to like purposely just try to steal some e3 thunder if if i (laughs) was
0: sony i would have saved the death stranding trailer and launched it in the middle of the xbox panel (laughs) (laughs) like that's just me Uh. though
1: Uh. Yeah, that would be amazing. I ah, uh, that would be amazing.
0: Is it petty and invictined? vindictive? Yeah. Yeah. But like, would that be a power move you'd have been talking about for years? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you want to fuck with Twitter? You do that. We were trending on it. Xbox is yeah. trending on Twitter. What the fuck's a Death Stranding? <laughs>
1: yeah. I. I oh. I mean, if if Konami was doing a conference of any sort, it would be great if just if it happened during that too. That would be perfect. Abs- that would
0: be that would also be perfect. Good. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but of course, Konami only makes uh Jinko machines. Jinko machines. So yeah, and shitty uh, Metal Gear Solid games.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you hey, that wasn't Metal Gear Solid. That was a Metal Gear Survive. If you want to say Metal Gear games? Yeah. Then yeah, but that wasn't a Survive that <laughs> had Survive. Uh, sur- Sorry, Solid it had a totally different title in it. Yep.
2: Metal Gear Survive. There you go.
0: That covers all the kind of the big guys, or big companies, whatever the right word is for them, big soulless entities of corporation. Uh, I, I, I honestly believe we see Cyberpunk as part of E3 this year. I don't know from who, but I think we see both a meaningful amount of gameplay and another cool trailer. I will try and track down the theme song music too, like they did last year. I suspect it's Microsoft's press conference, but I don't know. Um, who who had it last year where they had Cyberpunk? Still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them again. Witcher was good for them. I, I think they get. I get the impression they're good friends with CD Projekt Red at this point. Um, yeah, like I we will probably see a Forza game. I mean, I'm just kinda of going back on stuff I thought about. Like I'm not sure what that is. Do you think we see a new like do you think we see a new racing game from EA this year? Like a need yeah. like a need for speed or yeah, whatever. Or like burnout, is return, that return
1: the... of burnout. Mm, I'd be way more interested in a return of burnout. I think we all would, honestly. but Yeah. That, that was a fun game.
2: I, I don't think so. Mm.
1: But yeah, I'm I'm definitely for this year. I mean, there again, like I, I have my interest in some of the franchises that I'd like to see re you know, resurface, but I really want to see how much like daring type of new stuff and creative stuff we're gonna see this year or if they're gonna or if everybody's really playing it safe. I'm curious.
2: Why playing it safe. Also just I mean a lot of people just aren't there. It's kind of odd.
1: Oh yeah, a lot of companies aren't there. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: We shall see.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean it's like I don't know which you know it's usually the big names don't do as much during the PC gaming showcase,
0: you know because they yeah you know, they'll just have their own but yeah. Hmm. see in interesting... yeah, I like every E3. I want to be surprised. I want to see something that makes me go damn. Yeah, I don't think that I, I don't think this is the year for that. Yeah, I, I, outside of Cyberpunk, like it's. I've gotten my Destiny news that I care about, like, if EA wants to get out there and talk about Anthem, I'll go damn, but not in a good way, like, damn. <laughs> I I don't know, like, it, obviously we're kind of in that bad point between, hey, consoles are coming and consoles are here, so I'm not expecting much out of E3 this year, but, like, seeing like pessimistic jokes aside, like, let's talk about EA, uh, not EA, E3 drama this year, like, so there's been rumors there's a new emphasis on kind of esports and shit like that as part of the show. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think we spend... It's inevitable. Do you think a lot of people spend time talking this year about kind of the decline of E3? Mm. Well, yeah, it's,
1: that's definitely, I mean, I mean, literally just mentioned that. It just... There's kind of a void of major companies there. I mean, of course, the hugest, some of the huger ones are represented. I mean, you're Microsoft, you're Nintendo. But like Sony and we,
0: EA aren't officially part of E3 anymore, at least not this year.
1: Yeah. 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 And that's massive companies. I mean, especially Sony, but like EA also absolutely massive. Yeah. So I mean, let's
0: not act like EA also isn't a giant company in its own right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's freaking gigantic.
0: So, I mean, yeah. Um, I, I, I know every year the conversation very much becomes is like how many more E threes are left. Like this, at least for me personally, feels like the like the first time that conversation has had any real merit to it. Like I, I've, I've heard more rumors about like maybe Pax will buy up or the people that run Pax will buy E three or something like that. Like I, do we think E three as a trade show versus the video game convention will continue for the foreseeable future i'm talking like 10 years not five years
1: i don't know i mean the thing is you know e3 it it comes at a great cost to put it on and it's like how and i think and at this point all the companies are already starting to wonder yeah is this worth it is it worth it obviously ea and sony say no we'll, we'll like, just do it on our own time
0: you have the weirdness of sony doing their own mini e3s with those like um the Sony Days of Play, which they are doing now, I think, right now, and, like, yeah. the Sony, the PSX stuff. Like, the PSX stuff was brilliant because it was E3, but Sony ran it at that point. Like, it it was completely separate, so it was competing against no one. Yep.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I think we just... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's an interesting proposition because it's, like, it is... Uh... Especially what it's become now, as opposed to maybe what E3 was when it first started, is a completely different piece. Now it's just a PR machine. Yeah. And companies, you know, maybe they would prefer to control their environment, is what it comes down to. It's like, they don't get to control the EA environment. They don't get to... And and by that, I mean, just kind of in all senses, like, they don't, they don't get to... You know, say when's gonna happen? What when something is gonna happen? What's gonna happen? You know, it's like what are your constraints? It's like when you do it on your own, you just you get to be your own boss. Yeah. And I think the larger companies. I think the the big losers in the E three, if E three goes away, will be the smaller companies that are trying to get at least a little bit of visibility through things like the PC gaming showcase or the VR showcase or whatever.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Got anything yeah, more, I mean, anyone got anything more meaningful to say on this topic? We kind of ready to uh, close it out and do emails. I since we're starting to tread water. Some.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've I kind of said my piece, to be honest.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think we're pretty solid. Other than like, I look forward to seeing all the dumb shit that comes out of there and what kind of cringe. Let's. I wonder who will take the
0: cringe. It's e. a. It's e. a. Yeah, it's EA every which, year.
2: You, <laughs> I don't know. Sony did really good a couple years
0: ago. But Sony ain't there. But we'll see. And That's it wasn't so true. much cringe as it was, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> well, we have some emails. We're done. Yes. Oh, yes. And we and we saved one. Yeah, we did save one, just for you, Alex. Yay! <laughs> I don't know yeah, we, we have to. If we have to do the bit, still, you know how this works. <laughs> I'm excited about the email because not it's addressed crazy. to you. We just thought you. But, yeah, let's. We just bit. thought you'd like to talk about it. I've, uh, if you wanted to contact us at, uh, if you want to contact the Wicked Awesome Cast, Alex, how would you go about doing it?
2: Simple. You would uh, pull up the email client of your choosing, and you would type in Wicked at gmail. What's that email again,
0: Henry? That is Wicked at gmail.com. dot Wicked at gmail.com. Spell that down. Down the show notes, et cetera, et cetera. First off, and this one's the one we saved, so thank you for writing in, anonymous. Dear Wicked Awesome Cast, in your extra Game of Thrones cut podcast, you talked about the idea of "Would you rather no ending or this ending," which really struck a chord with me. I like I, I like Alex was very caught up and just not and just going with the memes. And sorry, I like Alex. Not sorry. Okay, that's what I actually said. I like that Alex was caught up and just going with the memes when it came to Game of with Game of Thrones finale. And when okay, sorry. I, like Alex, was very caught up in, there's a comma missing, sorry, in just going with the memes when it came to the Game of Thrones finale, and when faced with the question, felt a little surprised by how, I, how the idea of just not getting a final season horrified me. Like you three talked mm. about, this is not, this was, this is, ah, sorry, this is not an endorsement of quality for the ending of Game of Thrones, but in hindsight, I'm glad that, I'm glad we have an ending to complain about. So if you have a question, are there any shows, games, or books that you think benefit from not having official endings? Also, do you have a favorite franchise that got robbed of an ending?
3: Okay, so
1: I have a bit of both, definitely. Oh, no. yeah. Um, I'll have to think a bit about a franchise. I'm I'm glad it didn't end, but um, uh, I can I can think of ones that like I mean, ov- you know, obvious one that people. Probably still think about when they think about things like that is Firefly.
0: I think Firefly benefits from not having an ending.
1: Yeah, I kind of, I think the movie is a better end cap than a season than a, se- a season could have than a last season could have.
0: Been. I will go so far as to say cancellation is the best thing. Maybe not best, but like we would not care about Firefly if it didn't get canceled. Hmm. It would just be one season of a forgettable TV show if it got to run its course. Yeah.
2: Ooh, that's Ooh, I think that's all of the mystique thought. around
0: that show is, oh, it got canceled. Josh Whedon didn't have a chance to do. Was like, I think it's the, if that show got but, to run its course for a season, we wouldn't care. It's because, it but would... it is
1: really good. I mean, you watch this, the episodes; they're actually really good. To be perfectly honest, I mean, they are pretty darn high quality.
0: Agree to disagree on this one. I think some episodes are good. The majority of them are. I get why it got canceled.
1: <laughs> there, I mean, I think the it was a too. It was kind of too niche in a certain sense. I mean, I think it presented probably the most realistic version of what you know, you know, it later space life would be like. Yeah, that no, I, I agree. People, people wouldn't change drastically. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I I think it's uh, I think it's interesting for that alone. But yeah, I I think I think honestly I kind of agree. The, you know I'm saying that as a fan, possibly the the cancellation and then getting a actually a pretty darn good movie out of it, honestly. I mean, I did you did, I don't know if you watched the movie or not, but I think the, the Serenity,
0: movie is the best part of that franchise. I My issue with that it's show It's entertaining.
1: Yeah. It's an entertaining movie. Yeah.
0: But. I'd argue more than that show ever was at any point, but that's the whole, like, the, the episodes of that show that I like are the ones the fans don't like, but also, ironically, are the ones that are important to the overall, like, story of that show. I, it's weird. I, I think that show, like, I, again, I, I go back, to the, if that show had a chance to run its course for a full season, we would not talk about it the way we do. I Like, oh, the yeah. house had a chance to go, its full, like, to at least run a full season enough mm-hmm. to kind of get established. And no one cares about fucking dollhouse.
1: Yeah, and and it was way. But the thing is, it was way more hit and miss. Way more hit and miss than than uh, Firefly. Yeah, because I like pretty much every episode of Firefly, and I can't say that about Dollhouse. But there's some episodes of Dollhouse that I thought were really good. Um, But yeah, uh, yeah. uh, Funny, we're talking mainly about just one 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 person's series, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I, you know, I'm trying to think of other occasions of, you know, when something was canceled or,
0: I think, oh, well, I, mm. I think Fable, in a weird way, actually benefits from that most recent Fable game getting the axe.
1: Mm. Um. Well, you know the. <laughs> Swamp Thing has already been cancelled before it's even premiered. Really? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's
1: crazy. I mean, I'm still seeing ads for it, and it's already been cancelled. Something happened with the budgeting, apparently, and just threw it... I, I don't know what could have possibly oh. happened to cause the show to collapse literally before it, it even reaches a screen. That's bizarre, but... Mm, that's that's a thing. Um. Oh, I think, alright, so uh, yeah, I have it, uh, oh. Stranger Things. As far as I know, they, 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 I don't think they're doing another season.
0: Yeah, they are. Season 3 is coming. There's another season out. They are? Out. Yeah. I thought they weren't. Hey, next month.
1: I thought they weren't. Nope, season the 3 is coming. Okay. For better next or month. worse. Well, that's the thing I was about to bring up. I think that would probably benefit. I don't think that, I don't think we need more stories from that. I kind of like I mean, they obviously left a thread a huge thread open for more stories in that world, but i I would be also perfectly happy with it just having just just what it has just the two seasons, and that's it
0: i I will always miss like at, maybe this was never the point of the show, but like there was a point in time where I think everyone thought stranger things was going to be a new weirdness each season, and it wasn't hmm like. If it kind of continued that, like, vein of, like, every... Like, the season one was the Gormagon. If season two had been something with, like, totally new characters or most of the characters different and a totally new concept, I'd have been more on board. But also, mm. like, I, I'm in the uh, not a huge fan of stranger things camp.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it'd be an in- interesting if they did something like, you know, what, basically what they've done with True Detective in that yeah, every season is completely disconnected. That's what I wanted. And, which and i haven't watched all the seasons through detective but it's yeah i mean yeah i that i think that would have worked but yeah i would be but that's a that's a show that i would be fine to a certain extent if it to, if it got canceled yeah. Um, i don't it, i think it would actually stand on its own better hope because there's a lot i mean now that it's the third season big expectations uh, it's hard to live up to that, especially when it's been a f- several years since the last season. Yeah, and so a whole new set of things, including well, your your child actors are growing up.
0: Well, so there's a time jump, but that's neither here. Or yeah,
1: there. I mean, well, there has to be because everybody's literally that much older, and because they were child actors, it's obvious when they grow up. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other. Shows, Alex. I have okay. Go ahead, please.
2: Was ripped off of a fucking ending. Mm. Last Man on Earth. Mm. If you haven't watched Last Man on Earth, it's a great show, and it's a shame that they didn't get a final season. So, have you seen the? Have you? I've watched. Guys heard of the I don't show? like the
1: yeah. show. Um, no. You don't
2: like the show? I like the show. I enjoyed it quite a bit, but yeah, uh, they didn't get a final, uh. Didn't get a final season, so I'm a little sad about that one. Yeah, uh, that's the only
1: thing I can think of. Um, Well, for me, it's like I was pretty darn happy when the newest season, when the third season of Twin Peaks came out, because that was a story that needed, I mean, that, you know, when it was basically kind of boxed up and canceled, and then they did a feature prequel movie, I mean, a lot of us fans of it were just left hanging because it's such an interesting world that he's built and characters and people wanted to return to that and honestly the you know i the season that we thought would never happen happened somehow and that's kind of amazing and the fact that it's actually also really good i mean i don't know if any of you were even remotely interested in twin Peaks, i never made but, it
0: through the first season
1: but the third season is outstanding it really is I mean, it, they brought back as many of the actors that were still alive, because you know some of the actors that were in the original were older and you know passed away have passed away since. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's a show that I would have been very sad if I if I never got another season of it, and I'm glad that mm. it that the season I got was good instead of and that was a real that's a real thing. You know, it's like this thing you want so badly. But sometimes, when you get it, it's like, oh god, I, I wish they wouldn't have brought that back. I, it's terrible. But in this case, no. Yeah, and that's, so this is a little, it's a little bit different, but it's one that I thought was never gonna see another, anything, and then all of a sudden, you know, like decades later, we see it, but yeah. yeah. So, yeah, those, I guess those are kind of the ones that come to my mind when I think of shows that were canceled that I was that I had really bought into big time, but yeah, honestly, yeah, honestly, I agree with your assessment on Firefly. I'm
0: trying to think of any games that like got I think the, uh, next the sequel got canceled or something, and that was good for the franchise overall. I don't know. I've... That was good. There's the got to fr- be yeah. a game where like it like because of the mystique around it, it do, it-, it does better for itself than not. Hmm. City heroes and Star Wars galaxies. Yeah, no, cool. that's probably true. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I can, yeah,
0: yeah. I definitely see that.
2: Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> the only thing I can think of that would be like that. No, but you <laughs>
0: raised a fair point. Like part of the mystique of those games at this point is they got shit cannon or no longer with us, kind of thing. Hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ready for another email? Oh, 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 oh! I'll, I'll say this. Um, I'm. I'll, I'll just throw this one out there: Banjo and Kazooie. Um, could have could have benefited from some, you know, cancel cancellation or uh, or from them for them not trying to make a a spiritual successor to it. Oh, be, um, be just it ra- ratchet ratchet and clank should have been over, <laughs> uh, before the the last sure. one that they came out with. Yeah, that would have
0: benefited, but
1: yeah, but anyways, thank uh, thank you for the email,
0: anonymous. Next email. This one comes sure. in from Justin. Dear WAC. I kinda like that. If I know this is a common I know I know it is common this time year to talk about the what is the point of E3 since it is the season. But seriously, this year more than ever it seems like E3 is just more and more a thing that has happening this year as opposed to a big deal of of years past. Is this a sign mm. of things to come? If I remember correctly, the typical feeling of, on the podcast is that ever since the show went public, it's been in decline this year is more than ever, it seems like E3's days are numbered. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I think so. this yep. year has a real potential to be a fantastic shit show from a paid attendance standpoint.
1: <laughs> I, <laughs> was enough complaints to where people are like, yeah, we don't we don't think this is worth I our money I don't think this
0: the gets canceled. I think I think if Sony doesn't go back next year, you find yourself mm. in a weirder conversation and like Microsoft's already testing the waters with their like Xbox Direct things, whatever they're called. Yeah, like a hundred thousand. Everybody is kind of doing that. Like a hundred thousand people. Nintendo's t- done their own. Yeah, Nintendo's Sorry. been good for years. But, like I, the, the weirdest case in point is a hundred thousand people showed up on Twitch to watch the live stream of the Death Stranding trailer. Like mm-hmm. I- I'm sure E3 does better numbers, but like for a short thing pretty fucking impressive i don't know what the destiny stream numbers yeah. were like but like you don't need e3 anymore like you the, the idea of it's the trade chuck major media doesn't cover e3 the way it used to i, I no like, like none of us are going to We have another email about that from our producer actually going to read after this but i yeah i like in so many ways one of the more effective ways to actually watch e3 is from home and then go to like the following days of the show kind of thing. Like, it's... The, mm. Watching press conferences is so much easier, and they cover almost all the stuff now. Like, I, the last couple of E3s I mm. went to were kind of weird. Like, the, not, you weren't learning anything on the floor. You weren't learning elsewhere. Like, I got to play a... Um, what's it called? Uh, uh, the, the robot hunting game. I'm bl- uh, playing on Zero, um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, that was... One of the better E3 moments I had, and that was a closed event, kind of you had to like, sign up pretty aggressively to get into. Like, seeing God of War in a more intimate situation was cool, but like, I didn't see anything more than just the trailer they showed off as part of the press conference. Like, it was neat, but yeah, I think more and more you're not missing anything not being at E3. Yeah. Like, like, hell, I think, um, some of the other gaming podcasts i follow up giant bomb has had a bunch of conversations about like how many more years do we send the entire crew down there and like yeah they only send part of the crew to PAX. like when when do you start treating e3 like it's just packs
3: yeah Mm.
0: yeah i the public attending thing has been a growing problem I have seen nothing that indicates this year will be better than previous years. I think Alex has been my my kind of weird barometer on that topic. The first year they were allowed in, he wouldn't have such a big issue with it. The second year he was like, yeah, maybe fuck this shit a little bit. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Just a tad. It's mainly because the whole weird-ass dystopian-esque environment of people behaving like fucking savages when stuff is, like, given up for grabs. Just line up and grab your shit. Don't rush the fucking booth and grab shit like Monsters well, is my
0: I, it, It's treat. also kind of the awkwardness of E3 was never meant as it stood for the public. It's a trade conference. Mm. Like it is a Yeah. It's kind of a boring thing on paper. Like it's it's comparable yeah. to it's not like a weird comparison but like IAPA is the big theme park convention that happens every year and on one hand it's real cool. There's an aisle of just all the vendors that sell food at theme parks trying to get you to buy their food But, like, there's also then 10 other aisles of people that sell the urethane wheels for ride systems trying to convince you why their wheels are better, and while the general public might think that food aisle is cool, I guarantee they do not care about, like, inflatable alley of just bounce houses you can't (laughs) get into, or urethane (laughs) wheels, or, like, people talking about, like, their fucking, um, lighting rigs. (laughs) But that's Mm. what the most of those things are. And I get, like, E3 is cool because it's video games, but also it's, like, yeah, over here is Farming Simulator. Ooh. No, no, you can't play it. We just have a giant cow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're not discovering more at E3 than you are just keeping track of gaming, I think, at this point.
1: Yep, not anymore. Especially, I mean, really, it's, it's social media, like you know, we've kind of alluded to, yeah. that's made it way more obsolete. And I think and that people can get the word out more effectively, and I would argue more effectively now, just doing their own, going through their own channels and whatever they want to do. You know, going on Twitch like, you know, like they had, like Bun, like a uh, Bungie did for Destiny, and doing it, doing their own stream. Yeah, and
0: you are facing a year where three of the biggest things of E3, which are Death Stranding, the Destiny stuff, and Stadia all happened between a week to 2 weeks before the show even <laughs> opened yeah yeah i i'm not going to jump on the band trend of like e3's days for number just yet but i there's definitely a trend but, uh,
1: all right so from the kind of the dev side of it which um i wouldn't mind seeing e, the e3 go away because it it ends up putting undue pressure on your developers sure. Because and all and it makes makes artificial time frames in that we wanna oh we want we wanna wait on this and to announce it at E three. And so you have this weird artificial time frame that's built around when E three happens for your development. And as well as just yeah, it's like, you know, you put the extra pressure on them when you've announced a game and like this is the game, this is when it's coming out, this is what's gonna have it's like and you make a gigantic deal of it and it's like now you've just put increasing pressure on your beleaguered devs.
2: I didn't think about it like that before. It makes a lot of sense though. But yeah,
1: like just imposing an artificial time frame and just even more and this now it's like now it's announced to the world and to other and, and even fostering this sort of you know greater competition and you know oh we got to beat these other people. And that's that's another thing I think E3 creates is this sort of competition that like i who's gonna have the better things to announce and so that's even more pressure on your devs to 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 produce something e3 worthy
0: yeah i've always wondered actually how much e3 indirectly contributed to crunch where it's like if you just announce the game a couple months before it's actually ready to come out Mm -hmm. like what happens at that point
1: yeah i mean that's the thing it's like announcing when something's going to come out really far in advance Unless you've got a really, really good process and a really tight team and, and you yeah. it's you're just you're just demanding crunch out of your developers. So yeah. Honestly I'd rather not see releases until it's like this is I mean, for example, like you not not talking about until it's in its sort of last stages instead of during in the middle of development. And then, in the middle of development, you're putting out a hard date, like I think the only reason Death stranding is getting a hard date, and this is this is just me kind of hoping that it's gotten a hard date because they've already finished with the majority of the game, yeah, they've already finished major development right now, they're in bug testing phase and in 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 the in the q a phase, and that's where they're going to be in until it's released, yeah, and that's what I'm hoping that they waited for that. Yeah, major, all the major work, you know, it's like if you're talking about filming, you know, it's like principal filming is done, and now we're just in the editing, you know, I say just, but we're in the editing stage and the testing stage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like, I hate it whenever they put out a hard date. I don't mind when they say spring 2020, but when they say, like, November, it it kind of, it, yeah, I don't, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah. So, yeah, and that just creates, it just gives an impetus for them to force crunch on all the developers. So, that's my thoughts on on E3. I I don't mind seeing it go away at all. But, yeah, I kind of agree. I think it's in its death throes. It's not this year. Not this year. It's not going to be the last one. But it's
0: nearing the end of its usefulness. Like Blockbuster. Put it back on the shelf. (laughs) Retire it to concepts long dead. Mm.
1: I think so. Or it'll just return to a completely industry only, like or I mean completely closed off, like closed off to the media where it's just a regular old industry meeting again. So
0: Yeah. I get you. Yeah.
2: It is interesting to think about that though. I mean D three.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I I don't even remember how long it's been going, but I
0: can't remember when it wasn't so hmm. yeah here we are on the AE3 category i mean the after E3 electronic expo entertainment blah, blah blah it's a different time yeah but thank you so much for that email justin yeah justin and uh this is more of a mocking email that comes in from one of our producers <laughs> all right uh jennifer writes in why are you guys sending the person who knows nothing about video games represents some good at E3? Who makes these poor life choices? Uh, for those confused, uh, due to us not being big enough to get E3 passes and a variety of other stuff, Jen, our graphics design department slash one of the producers will be in attendance at E3, and for the three of us on this podcast will not, unless, are you going Henry by any chance? No. <laughs> yeah. So go find her. Put pressure on her. I don't know.
2: oh no she got
0: uh, so being in the theme park industry means you get access to E3 because you're part of entertainment and there's a bizarre overlap between entertainment companies and video game companies so you can get into E3 via video game companies I just fucked up on that for mine and was focused on trying to get us in as SWS and that did not pan out ultimately but I I look (laughs) forward to hearing are you
2: is she gonna record like a
0: I don't know if I'm gonna send her with recording equipment yet it would be funny to get the um, girlfriend game stars perspective on E3 this year we may do a segment just
2: send her with like a little tape recorder and have her like update her tape recorder throughout the day and just piece it together it'll be Uh, our
0: producer has a note for me, and she's giving me the finger as best I can tell uh there's some smiling, but I am definitely getting the finger right now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. If no one's got anything else to say, let's close it out for this week on that high note. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Me too. Alex, what? give me the medal. <laughs>